0: Hi, and welcome to the We Need Roads podcast. And hey, you get your damn hands off her. Well, unfortunately, someone didn't keep their hands to themselves, and that was Best Actor winner, Will Smith. Um, and we'll be talking about that in the Oscars roundup. I thought, yeah, it ha- had to be topical. And we're going to delve into the slap, but not too much, because I think even a couple of days past it, we're all pretty sick of it now uh, in our new section.
1: Have you been mo- meaned to death? Mooned to death? No, he didn't stick out his bum at us. Um, no, I've just been mean to death by. <laughs> On Twitter. Yeah, I, It was entertaining over for like it. the first five maybe five hours, I'd say. <laughs> Look at it <laughs> like scrolling through me or something. And now
0: I'm dead. Everyone was just resharing the same stuff. It got old pretty I know. quick. But we're gonna start regurgitating some of them here as well, so. Uh no, no, well you I might will, I'm not. I will, um, I'm gonna I'm regurgitate gonna... some. You, you, you are, you're a bunch of regurgitation sometimes. So in this episode we're going to be talking TV and films and in the TV section I'm going to be talking about Peacemaker which has finally made its way to the UK three months late. Uh, Apple TV have been stepping up their game recently with season three of Servant and their new show Severance starring Adam Scott. Over on Amazon Prime we've got season two of Picard and at the cinema I've been quite a bit recently so I'm going to be talking West X more Michael Bayham in Ambulance, and Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, Brad Pitt, and Daniel Radcliffe in action comedy, The Lost City. David, what are you going to be talking about? I'm going to be talking about The Sinner. I'm going to be talking about... I don't know why I'm
1: putting on an accent. I don't even know what accent it what? was. Were you trying to um, do a West Side Story I don't accent? Even, I don't even know. Maybe, uh, because I'm going to be talking about West Side Story, but I can't do yeah. an American. Is that an American accent? No, that's not an American accent. No. Is it New York. New York.
0: What you're New, doing is a hate crime. Unique, unique New York.
1: Unique New York.
0: We have a lot of listeners in America. Do I'm not sorry. lose them. Um,
1: Bridgerton. Ah, if we get around to it, we could talk Rick and Morty season four. It's is se- it that se- came out on season Netflix. Season five. So it season five. Man, which is so one much of the, Rick and Morty.
0: Literally, you've forgotten the stuff that you were talking about. Like, oh, should we talk about it? Um, no,
1: this no, was your think- list. It's because I'm more interested in hearing about X. I'm quite looking forward to hearing about X. The Ambulance, I don't give a shit about. And The Lost City is something that I will probably watch at some point because it just looks like stupid fun.
0: Well, okay. Well, there's no need to do the podcast on this now, David. You've passed judgment on everything. (laughs) Aside from everything else you've mentioned, I don't care. As you know,
1: Severance. No, not Severance. No, I'm interested in Severance. Servant, season three. I'm interested in it as well because I've watched one episode of that so far. I was in season because... one, episode one, or no, 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 f- no, 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 season no. Episode three, episode three. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, season
1: three, th- episode one. Yeah, it's season three, episode one. But okay, um, right. but before that, and then Bridgerton came
0: out, and Bridgerton's taken over. News and there's only one place to start, and it is with the 94th Academy Awards, and this might be the first time in a while that I've actually not bothered to stay up and watch a ceremony uh partly because the ceremony's been pretty bad for multiple years and um i was actually really put off by the show's producers deciding to cut eight pretty important oscars from the live broadcast such as music editing and instead have stupid new fan vote oscars fuck those guys also none of the crop of this year's films i mean i don't as good as they are none of them really jumped out at me as classics that we're going to be talking about for years to come except june yeah, which yeah, yeah. as we all say. rightly guessed <laughs> yeah yeah which we all rightly guessed it would win all the technical awards, which it did, and it actually won six Oscars, making it the single most successful film at the Oscars. Well, its director, Dennis Villeneuve was completely snubbed, so we know it had no chance of winning Best Film, because it's a sci-fi film. And even though it's a brilliant drama, and well, as we said, Game of Thrones crossed with Star Wars, and just the best film of the last year. But first, before we get to the awards, we have to talk about The Slap, as it's been called. And in case you've been living under a rock for the last, well, week or two, Yes, Chris Rock was presenting Best Documentary and he made a joke about Smith's wife Uh, and she's got hair loss caused by alopecia and he made a pretty unfunny joke about G.I. Jane 2, which also wasn't very current. Um, I didn't even get it
1: as well. I I got it after I read it, (laughs) but I didn't get it at the time.
0: So G.I. Jane was a 90s film about a female soldier starring Demi Moore and she shaved her head for a role. That's why I said it wasn't funny because it wasn't current, right? That's why. Yeah. Um, and then at the start, Smith actually laughed along with it. Then he looked over and he saw his miss giving him a look. His miss giving him a look that clearly indicated she wasn't impressed. And then stiff sports stormed the stage and open hand slapped Rock across the face before sitting down and then yelling twice, "Keep my waves name out of your mm. fucking mouth!" Twice. Twice. Don't mind. Slapped TV. him. Slapped him instead of punching him. Uh, that was a, you know a what it's of, because
1: it's because paper's always
0: beaten rock no 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 <laughs> that's terrible that's terrible <laughs> uh, that's just the first Oh well, but anyway right he he ended up getting best actor about what 20 minutes after that so yeah interesting interesting Oscars. so my take here David my take is and leave gaps for you to put yours in at the end my take uh-huh. is the weirdest thing for me is that he initially laughed along with it. And then it's when he saw his wife's reaction, he thought, oh, I, what, what the, he then thought, oh, I, I need to hit someone on live TV with millions watching. I mean, yeah, it could have been like, you know, how many times in the past have you been in a situation where the red mist descended? Someone's done something or said something that's triggered you and you blow. Ah, I, I know myself. I had quite a temper when I was younger and just the fuck, one phrase fuck or something, when but... you was
1: younger, you had quite a temper. I worked with you for what, two years? Fucking hell, you was diabolical when it came to the uh the Muppet that I was owning us.
0: Well mate, I, I I only threw uh what what was the one time when I, I threw a bottle at the wall. But it that hit the wall, it, that, not you.
1: Yeah, no, no. You you wasn't aiming for me, thankfully. No, exactly. I, don't think I so, wasn't aiming. unless you've lied. No. But uh <laughs> and it wasn't to do with me, but you dude, you had a temper problem at yeah. that at work. Oh, so I had to I but, had to but, sit with you and be like, Neil no, man, you can't do this in front of my wish. You can't, you can't you can't you can't sit here and, talk and act this way in front of other people I, I don't
0: think the other person in the office even noticed they because they were just on their phone all the time so that's true you know, the bottle the, the bottle probably could have hit you taken out an eye or something and she wouldn't have looked up from instagram so uh but anyway enough about the old days um yeah so what i was saying is it's essentially i can i understand the whole thing of just suddenly seeing red and like losing it i think but if you do see red you kind of just absolutely lose all control in my experience, but he went up and he slapped him. Now, I don't know whether, like you say, I would have thought if you've really lost it, you're just going to go up and like grab him and like just start wailing into him and punching him. Uh, But he slapped him and then walks back down. So I was like, okay, well, initially it didn't seem as bad as I thought it it could have been. But I wondered whether it's like a legal thing, you know, he's like an open hand slap, nowhere near as bad as a close fist punch in like legal terms, maybe Uh, something like that. If of course, you've the got other that th- thought
1: time to think that through in your head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I'm not going to do this because this could be the repercussion of it. I'm bad. I'm going to, you know, you wouldn't think that.
0: No, well, no, but um, and of course the other the other big sort of theory is that it was all staged by the show's producers to get t- people talking about the show and to tune in for next year's one. However, I think it's very doubtful that Smith would agree to this. However, I mean, and, and obviously both of them were in the wrong. Right, Rock apparently potentially. Because one of the run again, one of the stories is that all the jokes had been run past uh, everyone who was in attendance beforehand. Everything had been agreed upon. Oh, that's what if that's the truth.
1: What that is fucking bollocks.
0: Can you imagine Ricky Gervais doing There's that? There's another bit that people didn't like where Amy Schumer went up to Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons and pretends she doesn't know who Kirsten Dunst is and calls her a seat filler. And everyone started slagging off Amy Schumer. Oh, you're so disrespectful. And she's like, they knew about it. Like it's it's a bit. It's a joke. Like they were, they were in on it. It's not so. It made me wonder. Okay, well, was was it all like a bit that Chris Rock was doing until he did the uh, the line about his wife? Perhaps that was just an ad lib because he has previous for making jokes about her. So yeah, it, it, and it, just like you say, and it wasn't actually very funny. Like it's such an old like if it was a written reference, right, by scriptwriters for the Oscars. Surely all your jokes are going to be current and relevant to the films and the people there doing a joke about someone who isn't even nominated and it's a joke about an old film that did seem to me like potentially it could have been off script right so i think the smith's clearly much more in the wrong for hitting someone on live tv than rock is and it's only if rock if everything was agreed before but beforehand and rock stuck to the script then he's definitely got you know he's definitely like well no he's completely in the clear to be fair but it's if he did go off script and that's you know that joke was the one that like that's perhaps why Smith was like, oh, wait a minute, no, he didn't say it before, and boom. Or uh, he could have just walked up and gone quietly up to him and said, shut your fucking mouth, and then walked back down again. And that would have probably been just as effective as, as hitting him, right? Because, like, um, I mean, fair play to Chris Rock. He took that like a champ and if it he, just carried he could on, have didn't he? He dropped the F-bomb, which is probably the biggest
1: thing aside from hitting him, especially on yeah. live TV where Smith knows he can't do it. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, can't, he can't swear. So dropping the F bomb in telling him to sh- to, sh- to shut up would have sufficed, and there was absolutely no excuse for getting up yeah, out I've... of your seat and striking a person. There's no excuse for violence like that, unless he, you know, physically assaulted her. There's no, there's no excuse for it. Rock
0: isn't going to be pressing charges, and I'm pretty sure no, Smith that's not will... true.
1: It's kind of funny, some of it. Like you well, know, yeah, you've you seen the memes, yeah, <laughs> like. Okay.
0: Too many, man. That was like yeah. half my Monday. And it's just whether what happens to Smith now? Will he get to keep his Oscar? I mean, I don't think, I think he probably will because I don't think anyone, the other actors would want to get it by default, if that makes sense, if that even could or would happen. Like, mm. I'm sure Cumberbatch was like, I don't want a fucking Oscar if it's only because Will Smith hit a guy, you know. Um, I wonder whether is. I wonder if, and you wonder how it affects his career, you know, will he will he will the roles dry up a little bit now will he get kicked out of the academy for future will he never be nom- I mean it's probably a long shot that he's ever going to be nominated again or even invited to them next time isn't it yeah
1: so that's that yeah that's the uh, that's where I think it, his career with his largely career, is
0: yeah. wait wait for him to do a deal a strike like a five film deal with Netflix or a streaming service pretty soon because I think he's pretty much done in the wide scheme it's funny the, 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 one of the funniest jokes were, I saw someone said well that's the biggest hit will smith's had in a decade so, you know, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Get it?
1: Yeah, that's not even true, though.
0: It, I mean, it is. What was the last really big film he was in that everyone liked and made a lot of money? Um, Gemini Man? Do you remember Gemini Man, David? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I remember Gemini Man.
0: Christ, I wish make I did
1: money? I can't think no, it, it, terrible. it didn't. Did it, did it flop, though?
0: Even with two Will Smiths in it and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I it still terrible. King Richard. oh. Uh, 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 <laughs> Yeah, but did it make a lot of money? I don't think it did. It was one of these films that gets like loads of awards attention, but I don't think it it was like a blockbuster, was it? But then uh, again, ar- arguably, bar June, none of them were this year. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, June was... I, I think I think in summing up and tying a bow on the slap and the Oscars... Aladdin. The worst thing... Bam, there you go. Oh, oh, no, that's Guy Ritchie, no. Two terrible things there, Will Smith and Guy Ritchie. Look, the worst thing about all of this is... Unfortunately, this is all that anyone is talking about and not the actual great films and award winners themselves, which, because of them just kind of getting overshadowed, that's why we're going to talk about that now, David. So, best film Oh, Do I not
1: get to talk about the slap then? After that, after you saying, oh, do you want to talk about it? And then let me say my piece and then you say it afterwards and then you just go on to the next bit.
0: Huh? Yeah, because you kept you kept butting in, so I figured, oh, you have said your piece now. Are you having a stroke? I
1: didn't get to say anything about it. My personal opinion is that uh, yeah, Will Smith's in the wrong. You can't with there's there, it's it's drawn it's opened the conversation about what a comedian can and can't say, hasn't it? And uh, with this being a medical condition, whether he knew about it or not, all that jazz. And but there's no excuse for anybody to physically attack somebody. Unless there's like massive circumstances that have happened beforehand, like like Chris Rock had gotten onto the stage and slapped him, or slapped his wife, or started on the person next to him, or whatever. There's no excuse to physically leave your seat and punch somebody. And which is why I personally think because uh Jada and Chris Rock have worked with each other previously in Madagascar, I there's obviously a, there's obviously previous resentment that must have been harboured between Will Smith and Chris Rock that just boiled over in that moment where he mentioned her. Because the that can't there can't just be that that one oh he's made a joke about the fact that she's bald, that's a medical condition, man, that is not okay. Bam you know? So I feel like there must be a a lot more previously between the two of them that's happened that is just unknown to everybody. Which might come to light now or afterwards, probably won't. But uh, And you know, the, the, they have an open marriage. It might, it wouldn't surprise me if something happened between the two of them. That's not for me to judge or to say.
0: One of the shows I was going to talk about, but I just don't think we're going to have time today, is uh, Upload on Amazon and season two of that. And there's literally a character makes a Will Smith joke in regards to his marriage and the whole open marriage thing. I was like, this is very topical. They could not have planned for this to go out at like a... Uh I think the show like dropped a couple of weeks ago. I was like, well they really couldn't have timed that better for a thing. But yeah. i just I'm just sick of it all. I feel a bit sorry for Chris Rock and Will Smith should not has basically ruined his reputation. Um, and, if and the I Oscars think... was held in August. Oh, oh. Right. Uh, is that a reference I'm supposed to get?
1: Yeah, she she had an affair with a guy called August. I think he was a Raspberry <laughs> I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> Terrible. Well, after... Can we, can we just put a, a, a grenade on that shit show that what it was? And let's talk about what the Oscars should be talked about. The actual films and the awards. And best film was Coda. And Apple TV have took the first ever best film Oscar from a film from a streaming platform. And it's Sean Hader's Coda. A small indie film that only cost 10 million and then was acquired by Apple TV after the Sundance Film Festival. Now... Coda is a story of a deaf family with their daughter, Ruby, played by British actress Amelia Jones, daughter of Alid Jones. Remember, the snowman? And she is the only person who can hear in a family that is that are all deaf. And, of course, she wants to become a singer, which puts her at odds with her family. Now, I've got to admit, I haven't seen this yet, David, and you haven't even seen it either. But, I mean, from all accounts from that I've heard and online, everyone said it's a great little film. It's like a real sort of heartwarming film, and it's brilliant for raising awareness of deaf culture. Uh, just I suppose similar to what Sound of Metal did the year before. And it was just a simple warm film that surprised and it surprised many really by beating out the much more typical Oscar film of uh, Power of the Dog to Best Film. But do you know what? I think after the last year or two, that's what people wanted. I think I think um when they've been doing it on the awards circuit, the um the actor in it is it Troy Cutter, uh, who he, he also won Best Supporting Actor later on. First deaf actor um, to ever win. Well, no, a first male deaf actor to win, because you had his wife in the film, Marley Matlin. She won for Children of a Lesser God back in the 80s. And she was the first deaf actress to her. Well, first oh, deaf actor, actor okay. slash actress to him. Uh, she's been big. Any time over the years when there was a deaf character in the film, it was Marley Matlin, because she was just that good. She was in the I remember seeing her in the West Wing and uh, loads of other stuff over the years. But um, do you know what? I think we'll have to finally get around to watching it, because it's on Apple TV+. Plus.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah no yeah definitely. I think that's one massive thing for Apple TV is that they've managed to make a film that is One Best Doctor is huge for them. Well,
0: I mean they beat Netflix and Amazon to it, right? You know, Netflix yeah, exactly. giving money to Scorsese and um Alfonso Cuarón.
1: If you've got a script and you haven't approached Netflix yet, then what are you doing? Like they're just throwing money out
0: of people. <laughs> no, no, come on! You're out of date now. No, they're not doing it now. They, catch all, they actually cancel shows now, David. Remember, uh, hashtag yeah, save yeah. Save, okay. save Cowboy Bebop. Um, it still happened though.
1: But you, you're right in saying that like there wasn't much. Oh, I guess a a massive pool of
0: movies to choose from that are going to be classics. Remember for you to year, You know, where's there's nothing like Gladiator, is there? There's nothing like Parasite. Yeah, do, oh,
1: what was the year? Was it like 2008
0: or something? Where there was like Fucking every one of them was a banger. Um, free billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, you know. Shape of Water. I mean, Jojo Rabbit was better than most of the uh, things, and that barely got a look in uh, the other year. Look at, Even look at last year. Okay, David, look at last year. You had Sound of Metal, Promising Young Woman, Minari, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Father. I mean, arguably, that's a stronger lineup, right? The year before, you had Parasite, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Joker. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. The
0: year before, you had, um, okay, the year before actually wasn't that great. (laughs) I've never seen Little Women, actually. It's about, no, women who are, no, it's not, it's not. I know it's not, I know what it's it's about,
1: Neil, (laughs) I'm just saying I've not seen it. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, 2018 wasn't very good. Green Book, which was a reverse driving me Daisy wasn't it? From all by Yeah, all I, account, li- I quite liked Green Book. Then you had Black Panther, uh, which I think was the first time a proper superhero film was nominated. Black Klansman, which was really good and probably should have won over Green Book. You had Bohemian Rhapsody, which by all accounts was okay. You had The Favourite, which I believe didn't... Uh, the Favourite, um, which I thought actually might have stood a chance of winning. You had A Star Is Born, which was a popular one. You had Roma. Which is like, you know, more indie one. I mean, you look at it, you know, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Ladybird, Free Billboards, La La Land. I
1: know what you're saying, but at a given time, you know, this lineup might also sleep uh, I'm into at that. It. You know, you right. might see Coda and be like, oh man, fucking Coda was amazing. And, you know, like, Licorice Pizza you enjoy. Um, Power of the Dog. Dune is there. Dune's the big one, obviously.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, Belfast, right. So I saw Belfast a couple of weeks ago. And... I think Belfast... No. Yeah, but Don't Look Up was the one film that I I don't think should have been on the best film list. Do you? Oh, well, I don't know. I haven't seen the
1: rest. I haven't seen quite a few of these. I haven't seen drive right. My car I haven't seen Belfast. Uh, and I haven't I've seen... S- uh, I haven't seen Licorice Pizza. So, okay. See, it's probably quicker to say the ones I have seen. West Side Story, Power of the Dog, Nightmare Alley, <laughs> Dune. <laughs> and
0: that's it. Power of the Dog, Nightmare Alley, uh, Licorice Pizza, Dune... Don't look up. You've got Don't look up and. Oh Health yeah, Don't Us. look up. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think Don't look Don't look up, man. I don't even think it's as good as Vice, which was like Adam McKay's last one. I, I just uh, I don't know how it got nominated. I honestly don't. I honestly think they thought, oh, it's got DiCaprio in it and it's got Meryl Streep in it. Yeah, we'll give it some nomination. I think it's because it's a comedy and comedies are often
1: overshadowed, um, rightfully or it's wrongly. not that funny to the when it comes to the Academy. And um, so, potentially, they're trying to sort of fill that tick box with a comedy. Because... No, I don't think.
0: I don't think so at all. I think it's just oh, it's Streep and it's DiCaprio. It gets a nomination. I honestly think that's what it is, man. Because we know how bad the Academy are at this type of things. For it's uh, the same people always getting nominated. And then when the film did come out, they're like, oh, well, oh, it's DiCaprio and Streep, even though we haven't seen it, or we, we you know, I just did not think it was that. Good. I mean, it's, it's perfectly fine, right? But it is nowhere even close to. It shouldn't even be nominated uh, as a, as a best film. So, what the do Oscars, you think man.
1: missed out because of it? Who's Green Knight? Green like?
0: Knight could have been in there. Coda, uh, you know, it's a small film that I'm surprised it um, did so well. But fair play, you can't you can't you can't fault it. You know, you, you know. Same with Belfast. Belfast, I perfectly fine, but I couldn't see what the fuss is about. It's a nice little film. The kids in it is brilliant. Oh, all the actors are good in in, in Belfast um don't look up shouldn't have been nominated we've been over drive my car i haven't seen yet but it i'm gonna see it as soon as i can when it comes out um i'm hoping it's gonna be out in the cinemas now but it's a three-hour drama about a guy driving across country in japan uh to grieve the death of his wife so it doesn't sound like a like a laugh riot but hey what i've heard about it is it's um also an independent film from japan so the fact it's kind of gone through all these hoops and bypassed the big studios and it's um Got to the, you know, it won best international film and got nominated for um, best film, and it's you know the equivalent of like you know a Blumhouse film or something, you know, no, you know, even a smaller film than that probably getting there. Uh, King Richard again, I haven't seen because I wasn't really interested in the story of the Williams sisters, if I'm honest. I, Licorice I, I Pizza, am, I
1: am quite interested in that. I would like to see that. Oh well, 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 you, you can it watch it. Let's know. Before Will Smith smacked the shit out of people
0: um west side story again um uh, well um uh, we'll, we'll get onto that in the review day later david because you're going to talk about that but i just haven't seen it yet because i'm just not that big a musical fan uh licorice pizza i thought was really good but i can see why it didn't it kind of lost steam in the oscar race uh power of the dog it, i'm surprised it didn't win as many as it um it was nominated for because it definitely feels like that type of oscar film How you know it's a real did strong it win? two uh I will check and find out for you at some point during the podcast. I'm I'm wondering, right, with June actually picking up the most Oscar wins, though, of any film on six on the technical S- ones, yeah, whether they do a, a Return of the King when with Peter Jackson, so that when June Part 2 comes out in 2023, it just sweeps the board.
1: Yeah, potentially. Uh, well,
0: especially, apparently, they're adding The Pew to it as well, aren't they? And the, uh, there's rumours that Fade Rufer in it is going to be played by... Uh, uh the, the the guy Austin Austin something. That's who's the big casting, be, um,
1: isn't it? That's the that's the massive casting that they need. To it's
0: not one hundred percent confirmed yet, but they reckon it's going to be the guy. Is it Austin Butler who's playing Elvis in the new um uh the film with Tom Hanks? Uh, what's his oh, name? okay, yeah, Baz yeah, yeah, So it's him. So yeah, oh, I suppose. Okay. Well, well, I've never yeah.
1: really seen him in anything else. I don't think. Well, aside, aside from, I don't think I've seen him in anything. Because I haven't seen Elvis, I've seen the trailer. No, I
0: don't. I don't think he's done a lot. To be fair, uh, so um, yeah, best actor. Well, Will Smith. I, I, I am surprised he won that. To be fair, I honestly would have thought it was going to be Cumberbatch's time. But also on a bright side, I, Smith, I
1: really liked Andrew Garfield in Tick Tick
0: Boom. See, that was that was that snubbed as well, quite badly at the Oscars. Was it? Was he nominated more at the Baftas than it was at the Oscars? Right? Have I, think, I got that right? Yeah, I think it
1: was. Yeah. Um, I think Andrew Garfield was really good in Tick Tick Boom.
0: I preferred. I've I preferred heard that him to
1: Cumberbatch. And I haven't seen Will Smith's in King Richard's, so I can't I, I
0: did like him. Um, I did like Power of the Dog. But again, um, I, I just thought that was the type of film. But again, Will Smith's never going to get nominated again now, is he? So, you know, Cumberbatch definitely will. He, he, he'll he easily get one one day. Uh, moving on to Best Actress, you got third-time nominee and first-time winner for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And that's just dropped on Disney+. So I've got to check that out. Oh, yeah, um, 100%. And that's Jessica Chastain and your buddy, Andrew Garfield, yet again.
1: Mm-hmm. Having a year
0: of it, man, isn't he? He's Andrew having Garfield's a, he's... having a right
1: old time, yeah.
0: I'm uh, glad. And to be fair, I'm
1: glad because he's sort of after sort of Spider Man and during Spider Man, he's kind of just yeah, his career kind of, kind of damaged his road, career you know, a little bit. it's like, you know what? I am a fucking good actor. Have you seen The Social Network? That was the one where I really was like, damn, this guy's going to go places.
0: Well, you know when I, you have I, I that think...
1: film though, where you see an actor and you're like, you're going to see him, they're going to be big. loads of stuff like like uh, Timothy Chalamet. When I saw the King, I was like, fuck me, this guy's gonna be going like he's gonna go places. He's gonna be massive. And it, it that's where it's going for him. He already the is the other
0: nominations, I don't think Kidman uh, I haven't seen being the Ricardos, but but again, it's one of these things by all accounts. Cause it's like with Don't Look Up and who was not, why that was nominated. I think that being the Ricardos, there was a lot of issues around the race of as well if the characters were cast in it, playing who they were. Uh, like Lucibo and Desianais. And um, the actor's playing them. And I just... Apparently, again, it wasn't that good a film. But it's Nicole Kidman. It's written by Aaron Sorkin. Therefore, I get some nominations, you know. I kind of get it's like that lazy voting that people um, probably haven't watched the film.
1: Yeah, Kristen Stewart for Spencer was meant to be quite an early shout, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: but I think just... I think for her, unfortunately, the best it was going to get was a nomination. But also, this being Kristen Stewart, I don't think she really gave a shit, you know. She always kind of gives off the energy that... I mean, uh, I don't she's always that said. kind
1: of like, um, yeah, uh, she's always got to have her hands in her hair. And she's like, um, yeah, uh, like that. I don't know. I feel like if I was to meet Chris, Chris, Kristen Stewart, I'd actually I'd, I'd really enjoy her company. I feel like she's kind of like, <laughs> she's my kind of person, you know?
0: Well, I think the only person who kind of may have gave um, Chastain a run for her money was actually going to be Pen- Penelope Cruz for Paral- Parallel Mothers, the, uh, Adel- about the Pedro Almodovar film, because that has obviously been getting loads of press again. But um, no, I'm quite happy with Chastain. I'm definitely going to watch that. And uh, yeah, best animated film was Encanto, but I definitely think it should have been Winchell's vs. the Machines. I haven't seen any others. David? Um, sorry, hang on. I need to go to that one now.
1: I've, I've confused myself because I've got the 2008 Oscars up. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. Best animation. Yeah, Animated it was Encanto. Okay. Encanto it, it have you in... seen Encanto?
0: Uh no. I've oh, I have Encanto's heard awesome. talk about Bruno.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Encanto Encanto is really good. Encanto is really good. I haven't seen mitchell's versus um, Machines. I haven't seen Flea. Um I've seen the rest of them. Yeah, uh no, Encanto probably out of them, it was my favourite. I d- i did like
0: Encanto. So, Best Director was Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, which is a very good film, but I feel it was a bit more kind of restrained in its direction. It wasn't as flashy or as showy as, say, something like West Side Story. And I really did think that Spielberg had quite a good chance of uh, picking it up again this time. Nah, I didn't think so. Not
1: based no, off what? watching it. To be honest, I'm surprised he was even
0: even nominated for it. I didn't think much. Okay, Save it for your West Side Story comments. What you was going to say about, this is Jane Campion. It's only the third time there's been a female Best Director winner. And previously yeah. we had Chloe Zhao only last year, though, for Nomadland. Um, yeah, Nomad two, Land two, or, two in
1: a row. That's pretty awesome. Or as I like
0: to, or as I like to call it, the film where that uh, Frances McDormand shits in a bucket. Uh, and then uh, a few years earlier we had Catherine Bigelow for, was it The Hurt Locker? I was think it Zero might Dark have been early? The Hurt Locker. I think, I it think was it's the, the Hurt Locker. Locker. The Hurt Locker is the better remember. film. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll go with that. I think it's a Hurt Locker. <laughs> we could be totally wrong, and we apologise if we got that totally wrong. Uh, again, Belfast fell into the Coda category for me in that it's a small, like, you know, indie-style film. It's very nicely done, but they're not going to be all-timers, I don't think, that you're going to look at, and they're not... They're the kind of... The direction of the film is secondary, maybe, to the story and the performances. Uh, Drive My Car was only ever going to get Best International Film, and my personal favourite out of directed nominees was Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza because uh, I, I just enjoyed it. I just enjoyed the film. It's just, you don't know where the story's going. It's just this really kind of really fun sort of, well, love story between uh, young Cooper Hoffman and Elena Haynes. Uh, but I honestly thought it was down to Campion and Spielberg, in my opinion. And here's the thing, right? If Coda was so great, why wasn't Sian, uh Hayder, they, the, the director of Coda, They do normally come nominated? hand in hand,
1: don't they? The two, the both, whoever wins Best Director, you kind of, there's a good chance you're going to win Best Picture. Based, just based off that and the fact that they weren't even nominated
0: is, a, is... I'd say a lot over the last decade what they tend to do is a split. If there's two big films that everyone's kind of focused on, one of them will get Best Director and the other one will get Best Film. Um, but anyway, David, we all know Villeneuve was snubbed and it should have been Dennis Villeneuve up there because honestly, the direction of June was just outstanding.
1: Yeah, the fact that he's not there because every, all of the you know technical awards, they kind of can't yeah. happen without him... Yeah. fronting it
0: like shepherding it and like you know and herding herding the production like a galactic sheep herder
1: it is you know that is a massive shame we we're, we're just big dune fans we're just
0: but oh i'm not just Dune. i'm a dennis Villeneuve fan man i mean how did Oscars? he hasn't, win he any hasn't Oscars? done anything yeah
1: he's he's, he's he's the prisoners fuck me that was a good film
0: sicario um, amazing blade yeah. runner which i didn't enjoy as much but I, I appreciated it on this aesthetic level, and the fact that he absolutely, 100%, nailed the tone and the feel of uh, Ridley Scott's original Blade he's, Runner. Yeah, which...
1: he's the next massive. He's the next. He's the next, he's the next Spielberg, isn't he? Villeneuve. Uh, he's already. He's in already a way, there. In a way, yeah. I'll tell you, because in a way, he's making big he's budget, ge- like genera- s- ge- generational. As it, as it goes, you know, he's see Spielberg when in Spielberg was in the 90s.
0: No, I think he's Spielberg in the early 80s. And in the early when 80s. He was doing, when he was doing stuff like Close Encounters. Yeah. I mean, Close Encounters and Arrival are very kind of companion pieces. I don't think I don't think he has to go as far as Spielberg into the terms of... Uh, into the, Spielberg, I think, you know yeah, he's kind of right. When he got to the 90s, he'd do, you know, popcorn film, serious issues film. Popcorn film, serious issues film. Whereas Villeneuve, he does intelligent blockbusters. He's very similar to Nolan in those respects, isn't he? He does films that draw people in on size and scale and spectacle, yeah, yeah, and that no, have Nolan great and, heart and story to them as well. Yeah, Nolan and
1: Cameron, Cameron's another probably decent comparison. Block- I, Cameron's massive blockbusters, isn't But the, with the technical, from a technical side, Cameron's always pushed pushed what's achievable in filmmaking. Same well, with, we'll see at the end of the year, mate, won't Nolan, we? With um, a lot with Avatar too, any decent director does it.
0: Best Supporting Actress only ever really was going to be Ariana DeBose, wasn't it? Although I would have liked to have seen Kirsten Dunst get a bit more acclaim because I think her sort of story of a, a woman being bullied into alcoholism was really, really well done in Power of the Dog. With Best Supporting Actor, again, Troy Kotsur was picking up every award on the uh, the awards circuit beforehand. So I, I, I kind of think he was the only real choice. Although, again, Smith McPhee and Plemons were both great in Power of the Dog. And I think if anyone was going to challenge it, it might have been Smith McPhee original screenplay which was Belfast which I mean I think that's the only award it actually ended up getting and you know it's funny because a few weeks earlier it was talked about as a front runner for quite a while uh I mean Don't Look Up again should not have been nominated and for me it should have been Licorice Peter because again I didn't feel like it was going to pick up anything and as original screenplays go I loved the story of Licorice Peter I just thought it was a really sort of fun nostalgic film it gives you that that warm glow of the 70s. Um, adapted screenplay was Coda, which, to be fair, it was adapted from a French film from a few years ago. But again, for me, and I, again, it should have been Oscar number seven for Dune. Because, again, adapting and tackling that massive text and splitting it into even something vaguely coherent was a hell of a challenge for its writers and uh, Dennis Villeneuve. So, again, Dune should have got easily got um, best adapted screenplay. And as we said, June quite rightly racked up wins for visual effects, score, editing, cinematography, production design and sound. Did you see the clip online of Hans Zimmer? Uh, yeah, he was in yeah, Amsterdam yeah. on tour. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> yeah. Turns up in his dressing gown and just like did, thanked did, the rest of the, his team. That was really cool. Yeah, and uh, cinematography, beautiful. its our, cinematography goes to our man, Grieg, Grieg Fraser, who's just done The Batman. So Definitely I'm, 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 fucking
1: I'm, deserved that. June is oh, it's so beautiful.
0: Uh, so, I mean, three years in a row, he could win Best Cinematography, Greek Frasier, uh, easily, 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 because he should be nominated for The Batman, and then he should, be, should be nominated again for June Part 2. Also, I have to mention, uh, one of the stories that I read, you know a lot of people were pissed off about the uh, other awards being dropped? Well, there was a story that a lot of the attendees actually got there really early, and they reckoned the uh, theatre was about 80% full before the TV broadcast even began, because they wanted to support the rest of their crews that they'd worked with. So I think that was really cool that, you know, they were, I mean, the joke awards, man, the, they, the fact that they cut editing and sound and all these other, uh, you know, costume design and all the, the short stuff from there. And so they could have really unfunny jokes and do fan votes, which was a complete waste of fucking time. And of course, what were the fan votes? Do you remember what these were, David? I don't. I don't... there was There was the fan favorite award that was voted for by Twitter. So bizarrely, guess what won that? I, don't, I have no idea. I have no idea about any of this. The Snyder Bros, David, the Snyder Bros motor all, all that the restore the Snyderverse hashtags, what did they achieve? Well, they didn't vote Justice League the dicks, did they? Army of the Ted won it. Which, I mean, it's a fine it's a fine film, it's one of his better ones, but how did the fan award over online and not be something like Spider Man, right? You know, or an MCU film, you know? I don't see how. I, I don't even know what was nominated or what was what the voting any any of it was. I'd any, say. it was the first time I did it. It was a complete wash because anyone who just put the hashtag uh, and tweeted it, it would be counted.
1: Right. So it was a bunch of uh, yeah, like the Snyder Snyder Bros. It was just one yeah. community's just gone. Everybody fucking do this. Make sure we win this
0: pointless award. Okay. I mean, come on. That and then and then they had um the Oscar cheer moment so this is the moment where apparently audience have cheered the most for and not in the last year just in general so again you think classic films over the years it'd be like the first time you see the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park like keith ledger in the joker um any of the classic bits from the original star wars films or more more recently you know surely the portal scene in uh, avengers endgame you, right okay, so the one the flash entering the speed force in fucking justice league no that's bullshit I mean, any more proof right there that a scene we didn't even remember?
1: That's bullshit, man. I I, I think that. I actually. You know when I said that people voting for this means nothing. I disagree with that. Is there something? Is there an award that might already be out there? I genuinely don't know where it's voted for by. Um, just normal like me and you can vote for it, and it's um, not the, not the Oscars. No, it's only just and two it's prestigious, new
0: ones, which is just not, no.
1: And, and the bastards, they do
0: there's none there's none there's just these two bullshit Twitter awards uh, that is brand new this year to the Oscars everything else at the Oscars is voted for by the Academy so you have to become mm-hmm. an, uh, you have to be an Academy member to vote for them the BAFTAs do have one the BAFTAs have the uh, the Rising Star Award but obviously they don't open it up to fucking stupid any anyone they'll give you the nominations and then you Vote for the one I feel you like. like there should be
1: a prestigious award that is just voted for by everyone, and it, it gives like the big blockbusters, aside from a lot of fucking money, it gives them a nice shiny award to go with the millions of pounds because blockbusters would obviously. There was win. something I
0: read about, um, and someone had uh, oh, it was on Twitter actually, and uh, someone said, "Why don't you treat the Oscars like WrestleMania? Do it over two nights." but make one night of all the more about the technical stuff. And he goes, let's face it, that's the more entertaining one because the technical people and like the actual directors there the... and make like the Oscars for the people that want to see the craft and the technical side of it. And then do like, you know, the more celeb based thing on the second night of it uh, where you have the more social media side of it. I'm thing.
1: not going to lie. I think that would be an awful idea.
0: Well, it's not worked for WrestleMania either is it? over two nights. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think rounding off our Oscars things because we've gone on way too long about it than I wanted to. Dune Sweep in 2023-24 for part two. Feel on earth to get his first Oscar. And it'll be three in a row for Greg Fraser, taking into account he wins for Batman next year. Now, on to the reviews and what we've been watching. Reviews. First up, the long-awaited and much-delayed to our shores, Peacemaker. Starring John Cena, playing his Suicide Squad character, Christopher Smith, a cold-blooded killer who believes in peace at any cost, no matter how many men, women or children he has to kill to achieve it. David, have you seen any, any well, of Peacemaker no. yet?
1: I can Well, no, mate, because the first episode, I watched it, and it was just, like, random empty screen. Like, it was just the camera panning random places, you know, stuff was happening. Stop, there was, stop, There was, no, stop, one, there was stop. no one there, though.
0: David, David, this is a terrible, you can't see John Cena joke, and I'm stopping it right now. Nah, no. it, was
1: going, it was going places. It was it going was places. It was. It was. You know what? That's the first time I've ever done that kind of joke. I'm not proud of I don't myself, believe you. Though. Yeah, I'm I'm like, well, I no, it, it is. And I think I've hit a new low.
0: Yeah, um, that's terrible. Yeah, it's been hard. It's been hard <sighs> times. Right. Anyway, Peacemaker. So you have? Have you actually seen any of the episodes of it? Yet? No, no. I have not. No, no. Okay. So, shtum. so this is an eight-episode spin-off show, mostly written by and mostly directed by Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn. And boy, does it live up to the hype from one of the best opening title sequences of all time. Google it now if you haven't. Go and see it. We'll wait. No, not you, David. Is that um? Is that him dancing? It's not just him. It's the whole cast of the show dancing really badly to 80s hair metal. Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, it's great, right? You don't even know what the show's about, but it puts a smile on your face. No one skips this intro sequence, you know, on streaming. And um, the song is called Do You Want to Taste by... 80s lesser-known metal band, Wigwam. Now, at the end of The Suicide Squad, we saw that two of the supporting characters, uh, John Economus and Amelia Harcourt, find Peacemaker in hospital, and they get ready to recruit him. In the words of Harcourt, last line at the end credits, what do you need him for? We need him to save the fucking world. Sorry, sorry, I was on Twitter. What? what you what you <laughs> have you Have you caught up on her?
1: <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> Fucking hell. You said you you literally went so shut it. So so I did. I shut my brain off to you when I was on Twitter.
0: Yeah, so was I. When you, when you <laughs> what, were doing your what were
1: you saying? Can I go back to Twitter now? God,
0: you stop being a dick.
1: So well, uh, you you literally tweeted tweeted. I know. Whilst I was
0: <laughs> come on, because oh, no. <laughs> it was funny. Because I figured you was going to go on so long about that. So clearly, some character rehabilitation is needed for us to get on side with a character that even a director of the show, Gunn, calls a piece of shit. So, Peacemaker reluctantly joins a new team made up of Adebayo, a young woman whose mother, and this isn't really a spoiler because we learned it in the first episode, is Amanda Waller. But the rest of her team doesn't know her mum's like the head honcho of the Suicide Squad. And a lot of the show really, mate, is about her developing relationship with Peacemaker. That's the heart of the show. You've got Mern, who's a team's kind of shadowy leader and doesn't like anyone on the team. And then you've got Vigilante, a self proclaimed crime fighter who looks like a peacemaker, like he's an older brother. And man, he's an absolute murderous psycho. But he's he's our lovable murderous psycho. He's like if Kick Arse was actually like good <laughs> but at murdering but people. He's
1: our lovable ah. murdering psycho. He is. Is he like that bloke that's like a dick? Like he's that friend of yours that's a complete arsehole. And you're just like, yeah, man, but he's
0: but he's but he's He's our Russell. He's a little R. bit, R. yeah. That's where the shit comes from, man. Yeah. Good shit. <laughs> he's just he's just really funny in it. He's like he he's a bit like Drax as well, that he doesn't get sarcasm. And like someone explains the jokes and goes, Well, you have to explain it, otherwise how do I know it's funny? and something like that. And then uh filling out the team is Harcourt and Economist from the movie. Harcourt reveling, re- revelling in playing, you know, the cold blooded bl- the cold blooded bitch role she's given, and then, you know, she slowly falls as the show goes on and starts and Economist, he's the overweight, dyed beard guy who is constantly being picked on by Peacemaker throughout the whole show. And again, there's a brilliant arc to all the picking on him. And ultimately, that's what this show is about, David. It's about a bunch of misfits coming together to fight a massive threat and slowly becoming a great team and learning to become friends with each other. Now, if so that all sounds. Suicide Squad, the TV show. Yeah, yeah, in another word, in so and so. But if that all sounds a little bit too light and happy for you. There is a ton of swearing, ridiculous ultra lots of gore, nudity, spectacular racism for it. You've got Robert Patrick in it as Peacemaker's father, and he's an even bigger piece of shit than Peacemaker initially is. Um, Robert Patrick, essentially, right, is Iron Man if he was a Nazi or, or in the KKK. Okay. I mean. He's just, he, he's horrifically <laughs> bad in it, man. Horrifically. And. As we get towards the end of the season, with no spoilers, I am amazed that DC let Gunn do some of the things and say some of the things that he does in this show in regards to the ex- like the wider DC universe. Also, David, we can't not talk about Eagly. This is Peacemaker's fully CGI fighting eagle. And it's pr- he likes to give eagle hugs once in a while. And, mate, the CGI work is so realistic on it that some people online honestly believed it was a real eagle at times. That's how good it is.
1: That's impressive because some of the CGI stuff that you're seeing in TV shows at the moment is not fantastic. I mean, like Moonlight Eagle. last night. I didn't think Moonlight
0: was very good CGI. That's pretty pants. Oh dear, you've besmirched Moonlight. Is that because you can't tell the difference between your waking life and
1: dreams? I do. You know what? I sometimes I go to bed at eight o'clock just because my dreams are better than reality.
0: That says more about you than us, David. And lastly, for Peacemaker, that was really um, sad. How <laughs> close that, that was a proper was, depressed beat there. We're we gonna we're gonna put you in touch with some people who can help after the <laughs> podcast finishes. Uh, and but I will tell you what, David, I will tell you what could put you in a much better mood. Or lastly, on Peacemaker, the music—the absolutely low-budget gutter rock hair metal from the eighties. All of the music is gloriously terrible, and you do uh, like your the 80s, music.
1: If you'd have replaced your music, that music, because I know the music sways you, man. You, you If, uh, you, if but, you've but, got a show that's absolute garbage, but it's got some fucking decent music in it that you like, I think you'd like it. Now, let me ask you this if you'd have swapped the music in it to, let's say, Britney Spears, would you have still enjoyed it as much?
0: Well, clearly not. But here's the difference I don't actually like the pans, a lot of the pans in the show, because they are quite bad. Uh, okay, so we know you're not a music person, David, but have you heard of any of the following bands? Okay, and I'm going to reel off to some, uh, okay, and some of them. Me, hit me, hit me with some bands. Uh, and you're going to be like, and some of these may be real bands, some of these may be fake bands. The Choir Boys. Nope. Tiger Tales. Nope. Firehouse. Nope. Vain. Nope.
1: Pretty Boy Floyd. That doesn't even sound like a real name. That's a fake one. Is that a fake
0: one? No, that's real. Damn
1: it. Okay. No, I haven't. Hanoi
0: Rocks. Nope. Wasp. Wasp. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> um, There is one you will have heard of though, David. Okay. And that on. is Motley Crue. I have heard of Motley Crue. I've heard, I've heard of Motley Crue. There you go. There you yeah. go. I know Motley they're Crue. Kind, they're kind of like... Oh, I'll tell you what as well as I like. is When you get to the big fight and action sequence which in the ones finale. of them were fake uh none of them
1: I, just... oh, hell. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely hadn't heard of any of them
0: no no i I hadn't heard of some of them mate when I was watching I was like I've not heard of these bands um oh and faster pussycat again real bad I actually saw faster Pussycat and Milton Keynes a couple of years ago on a Monday night in a tiny club and uh, yeah it was like watching a seventh eight version of Guns and roses. But um, what I like is the main theme music that you have at the start of every show, uh, they actually use that later on in the main. You get the whole song pretty much in um, the big action and fight scene at the end of the uh, finale show. Uh, and it's just it's so well done. You know, you just slow-mo slaughter, man. Um, anyway, they, season two is confirmed. And what I can't wait for is, does that mean we're going to get a new title sequence with a new dance? Because obviously there might be some new characters, but does this mean there's going to be a different song and different choreography? These are the real questions, David. This is what we need. We need the questions to the answers about the dancing. So, from a peacemaker... Do we need this, though? I reckon you're going to really like it, mate, when you get around to watching it. I reckon you're going to be like, yeah, I, I love all of it. Or... You might not. I don't know. You you, you can be a dick sometimes because you don't like stuff. Oh, you didn't like Moonlight. So again, there we go. We're gonna I didn't have, say we're gonna have, I didn't
1: like Moonlight. We're going to have beef. I said
0: beef. it
1: had bad CGI in it. It didn't have good. You can't tell me it had good CGI. It, it, there were some
0: a, elements in it that were not that were not good. We're, we're going to have beef and that's going to be a problem because you're a vegetarian. Oh,
1: you just outed me.
0: You outed me as bull on the last podcast.
1: I, I, I did. That's probably worse. You're right.
0: <laughs> Don't make me slap you on stage in front of people at an award ceremony
1: man, if we ever get to a point where we have an award, just feel free to slap me.
0: Okay well you heard it here f- first folks <laughs> that that does this I think that's legally binding. David has given me permission to slap him open hand pimp style on stage in front of people so uh from a peacemaker to a sinner, tell us about the sinner David
1: the sinner is, have you seen any of the sinner?
0: <clears throat> none of it
1: none of it at all. Not a bit at all. um, It's quite hard. So the fourth season is on Netflix now. Right. And it's quite hard to talk about the fourth season specifically if you've not seen seasons one, two, three, and four. Or one, two, and
0: three. Let me tell you the little bit that I know about it. I know that it's um, a revolving cast each season. But from season two, I believe, Bill Pullman kind of becomes the de facto lead of the show. But every season, there's like a a big new lead character. Season Um, one was Jessica Biel, and then there was other people. that's half But it becomes... And it kind of comes more about Bill Pullman's character as the
1: mm, that's half correct. So Bill Pullman is in all four What is seasons. the show' about? It's, a dete- okay. it's, just, it's just standard detective show, right the pre- like the premise is that the detective Harry Ambrose, he has uh, it, there's, there's a case turns up in the first season where Jessica Bill just randomly stabs a bloke on the beach, and then there's the whole oh, what's going on then then there's this massive deep over like backstory behind why she's done it and then it's just diving deeper and deeper and deeper into this crime uh and the crimes are usually quite like batshit crazy you're not they're not your normal "Ah, She just killed him because he was a dick or you know that sort of (laughs) stuff there's 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 some random fucking crazy some in some instances occultist stuff going on uh, and it, and season one was fucking fantastic. If you've not seen season one, it is very good. And then it, it's the sort of show that's declined season on season. And season four was probably the worst season it's had since it started. Um, and you were correct in saying that it's a different thing every time it is. It's a different case. And the seasons are all called the specific names of that person. So it's... Uh, the first one's called Corey. The second one's called Julia. Third one's Jamie, and the fourth one's called Percy. Um, so season, f- so in season three, man, we're picking up, uh, Bill Pullman, uh, and he's reeling from the events of season three. He's not a happy Bill. He's struggling to sleep, man. <laughs> he's 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 Harry Ambrose is is having a difficult time in his life. And Perhaps he you should sings- try some
0: ambrosia. He's,
1: he's, yeah man he's he goes to some island somewhere which made me think of midnight mass straight away because it's pretty much the same sort of premise they're on an island that's ah. a, a fishing village so i immediately was just like oh they're basically on the same island um and he sees percy uh jump off a cliff
0: and then it's just don't fucking... give me too many spoilers because it is on my list to watch. That's on so... the
1: trailer. That's on. That's in the trailer. Okay. So, uh, so he, he sees Percy jump off a cliff, and then he's just like, "Can he trust his own mind? Did he see a Percy jump off a cliff?" Uh, and then he starts digging into it. It's all a bit funny because he's not even a detective anymore. He's retired at this point, and he's kind of just like fucking going around asking people questions. Like, like it's 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 to feed his own. Um, it's to feed his own problems it's basically using this crime and this case as a way to rehabilitate himself so in that sense it's quite good but season 4 man it's fucking slow it's not very it's All not right. the, it's not been the best one it was slow until the last 3 episodes and then fucking hell it gets good and it hits you so the last 3 episodes of it fantastic Lee building up to it though it's not great and season 5 I'm not 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 really looking forward to it i was looking forward to three I and mean, then three wasn't great and then four was a real slug and now five i'm getting to the point with the show now where i'm like oh, do i even want to watch it it did get really good at the end but they need to recreate the um the season one magic again
0: <laughs> i does sound like i'm right that it becomes more about because Pullman is the recurring character that ties the seasons together. Yeah, Obviously, yeah, so, season is going to become season, more so when it
1: hits him. season three, that's when it really becomes more about him and the uh yeah. the the main uh sort of protagonist, I suppose, Yeah. is yeah, yeah. uh really di- diving psychologically into who you are as a person, uh, your fear of death, your fear of existence. What's the point of your ah, existence? What's the point okay. of doing anything? What's the adrenaline that keeps you running? And there's all of this wow. sort of psychological... It, it dives deep into it. And it is decent from that perspective because it gives you sort of a um, an existential crisis when you're watching it. But Okay, cool. At the same time, um, season three and four were great. One was great. One was fantastic. Definitely watch season one. And then if you don't continue, then you don't have to. But season one definitely <laughs> should be... It
0: deserves a watch.
1: And Bill Pullman's in it. Everyone loves Bill Pullman.
0: So that, that's a mild recommendation from David there, is it? A mild
1: yeah, mild one,
0: I'd say. Okay, we're not gonna do. We're not gonna do numbers. We're just gonna do. We're gonna do uh, our recommendations on a hotness scale today, from like spicy, mild, <laughs> lemon and herb. I'm I'm hungry. W- why? Uh, <laughs> why are we doing it this way? I, I I don't. I mean, know. okay, I, I would, I would just...
1: call it a Nando's. That's where I'm at with it. I'm at a Nando's, so not not. It's kind of like you know you see when you go to Nando's the first time, you're like fuck yeah, this is amazing, and then you continue going and it gets a bit. No, mad.
0: no, no, I don't. I went once and I was like, this is way expensive and KFC was better.
1: Okay, well there you are. That's that's where I'm at. I'm I, I'd say it's a Nando's.
0: Okay, well moving on from Nando's to the servants. Now, David, you have watched one episode of season three, right?
1: Uh, yes, and I will watch more of it. It's just Bridgerton got in the way.
0: <laughs> well, I have just finished watching seventh season, season 3, and once again, it has been a creepy 10 episodes, man. Uh, once again, for Tony Baskalup's creepy cult nanny story. Now, the show, as always, is effectively a four-hander with Toby Kebbell as Sean, Lauren Ambrose as Dorothy, and they play bereaved parents. And I think we can kind of go over the, the, uh, the basic premise of what we learn in Season 1 of the show – And that is that Dorothy is having such a complete mental break, as revealed in season one, with the death of her baby, that they create this charade and replace him with a doll that she treats as a real baby. And everyone's like, okay, we're just we're just going to go along with it because otherwise she's going to end up in an asylum.
1: It's a creepy ass fucking doll as well, man. I didn't realise that it's a real thing. That's a real therapy thing.
0: Yeah, 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 man. I I didn't didn't realise. Yeah. And you got Rupert Grint as a sub, as a, their uh, substance abusing brother in law, and then it all gets really even weirder when they advertise for a nanny, and young Leanne Grayson arrives, and with her arrival, suddenly the doll is replaced by a real baby, and Dorothy just continues as normal, and Sean and Julian think, "What the actual fuck?" Now all of that W-t-f. Was pretty much just, what? Well, yeah, that. Well, that's W-T-A-F. W-A-T-F? What? No, W T A. For fuck's sake. We're... Anyway, that was just the first episode, man. And as we learn more about Leanne's background and upbringing and we find out about the culty, 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 culty stuff in the background, it puts a lot of uh, pressure on the family and it puts them in more and more danger. Now, there was, without getting into specific season spoilers, there was kind of a, an equilibrium achieved by the end of season two. And season three starts seeing the family and Leanne in much more of a positive and hopeful place which we know is not gonna last because there'd be no show and season three hints a lot more at what leanne's actual relationship with the baby jericho is and as the season progresses david it starts turning into a dorothy versus leanne grudge match and well, it season really three does. It, yeah yeah they to
1: start a are you gonna start spoiling stuff
0: that's no that's literally what i'm telling you about it that's it Okay and it has a and, and it builds and builds and builds to a really shocking finale. And again, this is one of the great shows man that Apple have made that no one really talks about. I mean this should be up for like Emmy uh, does she Awards kill I think
1: Dorothy and then she comes back because she's like
0: Jesus and has that power. Do you want me to tell you? Oh my God,
1: that's what happens uh, because you I'm told not me because I got too
0: much. I just... No, I just told you that... Oh, season you just season three, it for everyone. You No, you, you took it, a wild Neil. guess. You took a wild guess that I will not confirm is even That's close it. to she's being right. Because G- she's Jesus. No. That's what, no, she, what... Oh, come on. No, you're, you're so far off the mark that there's, I can't. no one can see the mark. Anyway, a fourth and final season of the show is confirmed for next year. So from creepy babysitters to rich people shagging, it must be time for season two of Bridget and David. Tell me uh, more. Is, I love Bridgerton. you've not seen
1: any of it, right?
0: And I probably won't
1: so you you've not even seen season one of Bridgerton, which is which is sad because bridgetton's it's it's genuinely it's a, it's such a lovely watch. there's nothing you get wrapped up in all the intrigue and lady whistledown and all the gossip that's going on the scandals. no, it's so scandalous um so season three <laughs> uh, <laughs> season two. Season two, sorry, yeah, not season three. Although when I went on um, IMDb for it, there's like four seasons already up that you can rate, but you know there's only been two. But anyway, we take we 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 we, we pick up again with the new season, the new season of Matchmakings <laughs> upon us, Neil, but uh, but without our beloved uh, Simon, uh, René Gillon. Girard- Reggie John okay. Page, yeah, I can't. He's he, the, the sexy guy, the really beautiful man that's doing Dungeons and Dragons. He's not in it, so I was wondering what they were gonna do with Bridgerton going forward. You know, whether they're gonna how they were gonna write him out or whatever. And it's they did it pretty simply. It was yeah, they, they're just they're just living their own life now. You know, having families, stuff like that. Daphne comes back. The uh, the main um, yeah 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 the main female uh, protagonist uh, from the um uh the last season, she's still in it. She sort of just jumps in every now and then. Um currently six episodes in, so I haven't finished it yet. Um but man, I'm enjoying it. It's really God, the sexual tension, Neil. Uh, gets you it gets you it gets you hot under the collar, man. It's it's uh, super sexy. The um there's a lot of there's a lot of really uh, intense staring. There's a lot of ins- and there's a lot of this Neil.
0: <sighs> please stop, please stop, David. As you're looking at me. We, we, we have I'm to. I'm looking um, at you, deep in your eyes. St- please stop.
1: Oh whew, man, I'm going to kiss you. I'm going to kiss you now. Gonna, that's happened like <laughs> that's happened like that's happened like five times. Um, and it, you know what? It did, the third t- the, like the last time it happened, I was a bit like, "Come on, man! They got to kiss at this point. They just give up." And they did. They still haven't done it. So um,
0: right. Well, David, David, David. So as we've established, I've not watched it, and I'm not going to probably watch it, but. From reviews that I have read and other podcasts that I have listened to, yes, the general consensus on it is it isn't as good as season one. Uh, um... For the main reason, for the main reason that there is a lot less shagging and nudity in it. It's all chase stares and heavy breathing, like you just disturbingly. <laughs> that is, that is the case so far. Yeah, there hasn't been a lot of shagging. That's correct.
1: I think there's only been one nudity scene. There's been a lot of bums. I've seen quite a lot of bottoms um but you're right there's not been many uh naked nakedness but it's still it's still really good it's still really enjoyable what they're going to do is from this season i'm pretty sure this is what they're going to do is they're going to focus on one member of the bridgerton family and the love interests is going to be the core focus of that season so last season it was daphne this season it is the vice count um anthony what about
0: felma what season is felma and shaggy
1: what is that because i said daphne
0: yeah so i Which... went to scooby d
1: yeah i know <laughs> um so that's what they're gonna do roo, they're gonna just focus on the next and then they'll probably end it with eloise maybe because she's like the one that's when eloise finds love everybody's gonna be happy everyone's gonna be happy when eloise... aren't these
0: based on books
1: i've yeah they are i think yeah i haven't read them
0: and the books literally follow the exact format of what you've just do they i have no idea i've not wa- yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. i'm just i'm just oh my god how how do i i haven't read the books but just from reading about the show i know more about how it develops should, in you, what, which why is disturbing. are you reading
1: about the show and not watching it
0: because it pops up on twitter and i go oh yeah okay dude there's too much to watch it's absolutely too much to watch okay i've got i've got good, slow man. horses coming out some, this weekend it's got some well. good
1: looking people in it it's a nice watch it's good that's for what the pawns for yeah no yeah come on man
0: but okay so here's my question so for you it sounds like that even though there is a lot less nudity and shagging you're still really into it now yeah, here's a really question like
1: you know what I've, with the music as well what they do with the music is genuinely it's my new York what sessions. Westwell did it's what did Westwell do
0: they took current songs and did them in old-timey versions
1: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. exactly 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 it's so my new West obsession did it first well, they might have done it first, but I like like the string quartets. You know, the uh, uh it's good. I like it. It's.
0: Uh... Yeah.
1: But anyway, you should you should definitely watch it. And if you haven't, I, I'm not gonna there, watch dear it, dear listeners. No. Dear listeners, I'm not. Sorry, if you haven't watched it, then yeah, that's a lady whistle down reference
0: for you. I think that that's the whole point of having us talk about different shows, David. Is that people like different stuff, and if you are a Bridgeton fan, then hopefully your glowing praise here will go. Oh yeah. Great, David said. Come it's on, good. man. There's go got to be it.
1: a romantic in you somewhere.
0: Yeah, and it's in a f- and it's for a film called Before Sunrise.
1: Fair enough, but this is um, it's 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 lovely. It's I got lovely no interest. Man. It's the helpless, like the hopeless romantic of you. You know, you can't help but feel giddy and just, just hopeless. Warm. Just warm inside when you watch it.
0: From from a show with less shagging, that keeps you warm to a show that is very cold, and currently my favourite show, David. And it only has two episodes left of its current season as we record this. And that show is yet another absolute awesome show from Apple TV And that is Severance. Now. <laughs> the build up to
1: that was like, <laughs> and it's this, and it's, it's amazing. And it's the next, and then you got, but we got there.
0: Have you watched any of Severance yet?
1: Nah, I've not seen any of it. Aside from like the trailer, <laughs> which isn't it? It doesn't say much. <laughs>
0: no, it doesn't. Right, so what is Severance? Well, it's a sci-fi psychological thriller show created by Dan Erickson and it's directed by Ben Stiller and Aoife McCardle. And it stars Adam Scott, John Turturro, Christopher Walken, amongst many, many more brilliant actors in this ensemble cast. Now, the premise of the show is that a sinister biotech company called Lumin uses a medical procedure called severance to separate their employees' work and personal lives. So essentially, they're trapping the employees in a continual loop of work. Uh, Adam Scott plays Mark S., who is our main character. And in the first episode, he becomes the acting boss of the company's I, oh, uh, of his subdivision. I've just thought, now, I
1: didn't say the best thing about Bridgerton. Which was? That it's in a, set in a world where racism doesn't exist.
0: Well, yeah, but I think loads of... um period shows are doing kind of blind casting out which they should and we applaud them for it so back to severance um the show um has a really retro aesthetic in the office and no one who works there or us as a viewer actually know what they're doing they literally just sit in front of these old looking computers and they have to move numbers around and they're like what are we doing You'll know when you see it. And, like, people are just staring at monitors. And so in episode one, you get a new employee there, and she's just like, this is bullshit. What am I doing here? David, there's a place called The Break Room, and you is don't this, want to go to The this, Break Room. Is
1: this you just seeping your own work and into no. a TV show? Is this what's happening here?
0: Yeah. No, no, David. There, There's a place called The Break Room, and it is the most – it's horrific. You don't want to go to The Break Room, David. And – as the episodes progress the facade between the workplace and their personal lives begins to crumble and a lot of the employees they begin to question everything they've been told but dude uh um this for me is one of those shows that has got better and better and better each episode episode four had a big cliffhanger where everyone were like holy fuck when it ended episode seven which is the most recent episode at the time of recording was one of the best hours of tv i've seen this year one of the employees apparently does really well at the job that day. And so they get a frankly bizarre corporate reward. And the corporate reward is a a guy walks in with a boombox and he's like, you get a workplace music dance experience. So basically the boss turns up and encourages everyone to have a dance break. (laughs) And it's so visually stunning and has just, I've never seen someone dance in it with a smile on their face looking as menacing as the boss guy uh, Mulecheck in it. And you just know something dark is going to happen in it. And I love it because they have, like, you can pick one of the listed musics to play, and uh, the character picks a song called Defiant Jazz. Uh, I I love this episode so much that I tweeted to pick from it, and only bloody Derek Zoolander himself, Mr. Ben Stiller, liked the tweet. Yep. Besties now, fans of the show, us and Ben Stiller. (laughs)
1: Besties now. (laughs) Besties now.
0: No, no. He just just liked the tweet, man. But, you know, hey, when someone with 5.8 million followers likes your tweet, and you don't at them. I'm just saying. it's a good. That was a good Sunday, David. That was a good Sunday morning. I took the rest of the day off the internet because I had achieved internet win for the day. One other thing. The opening title sequence is a thing of beauty. It's like this twisted version of Mad Men crossed with Archer. It's got, you know how everyone goes on about, um, uh, uh, what's the show? Uh, Succession has that brilliant theme song. This is a brilliant theme song. It's this really haunting piano theme song, and it recurs throughout the show. So in little bits in the show, this little piano riff will come back in again. It? But let's get on to some of the performances of this cast. John Totoro is in it, who we have just recently saw as uh, the crime boss uh, Falcone in The Batman. In this, he plays a guy called Irving, who could not be more of a company man. You know, he's the first person to tell on someone when they break the rules. And you just see this slow transformation of his character in, throughout the show where he starts really slowly starting to question stuff. And there's one of the best friendships you'll see on the show. He develops a friendship with Christopher Walken's character called Bert, who works in a different department, but they're not supposed to go to the other departments. So it's like this hidden, like, secret friendship, man. And, ah, oh, it's just, it's so well done. Um, got a special shout-out to newcomer. There's a uh, the, the main female actress in it, Britt Lower as Helly. She's a new employee. And again, she immediately, she's almost like our way into it in the first episode because she's like, what the fuck is going on here? No, I'd never agree to this. And then they show a video of her agreeing to do the job. And uh, you continue to kind of watch her rebel and rebel as the show goes on until she has to go to the break room, David, the break room. But for me, the star of the show is, uh, again, a guy I'd never heard of before called Tramel Tillman, and that's the actor's name. And then he plays uh, the, the sort of floor boss for these characters. Called Milchek, and he is the show's secret weapon. ostensibly he is there to sort of punish or reward the employees based on their actions and job performance. And um even when you take your first visit to the break room with him, you won't be able to look at him the same way again. If the man was a fragrance, David, him? I'm not there's no I'm not telling about I'm not giving you anything. There's no rape. Well, not not physical rape, David. Let me put it that way.
1: What
0: David, if this man was a fragrance, I would call it subtle menace. Okay. He's all smiles. He's all happy, and uh, dude, the performance is so good. Honestly, the whole show, man, and that's even without mentioning fucking Patricia Arquette's in it as well. Who is again? Who's one of the other, other the other bosses in it?
1: Christopher Walken.
0: Yeah, yeah, he plays Bert. Uh, he's he much. works in a different department, and he's friend. He's best friends. He becomes best <laughs> friends with John Turturro. <laughs> okay. Dude, seriously, seriously.
1: Adam Scott's one of those guys that I just—I I don't know what it is—I just don't like him. There's, he's done nothing to me. I don't know the man personally, but oh, it's just no, whatever he's, he's in really... anything, I'm just like I don't want to watch it. You know, you know when you have some of those actors. Surely you must have one of those actors where you're just like you know they're famous, but you 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 just don't you just generally don't like them for no real reason.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna go and see a film tomorrow night with an actor Mr. like. Leto. That yeah i'm kind of mr jared
1: letter yeah you know what another one is is another one for me is like for some reason whenever i see even though i genuinely like the films he's in ewan mcgregor i don't know what it is there's no i genuinely like pretty much every ewan mcgregor film but whenever i see ewan mcgregor in another film i don't want to see it because he's in it i think it's about you. it makes no sense But uh, yeah. Adam Scott, yeah, he's that guy for me. I'm, I'm just like, I don't know what it is, man. I think it's his face. Did you, he's got one of those faces you, <laughs> that you kind of just want to punch.
0: <laughs> did, did, you never watch, um, did you never watch him in Parks and Rec? No, I never got that far. Oh, my God. He, he's very, that's, I think that's kind it's, of what made him. He had another really good show called Party Down, where he played a caterer who was trying to be an actor. That was a really good show. You can't tell
1: me you just don't want to slap his face talking about you
0: know i think i think because in a room with him but 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 adam scott would never say anything about his wife wouldn't he that says more about you that says more (laughs) about you mate anyway severance david honestly get on this show now because it starts off a little bit slow but the central it's one of these puzzle box shows right where you're watching it you're like what's going on what are they doing
1: rubik's cube where you know you get five, you get like four on one side, but then the next side's not like fit, so you got to like move the,
0: that side. I would yeah. say, mate, give it to give it to episode four, and if you can don't want to keep watching it past episode four. Oh, also, there are any um, about forty minute episodes? So they're not too long. So, uh, uh, yeah. So and seven and from Severance, David, that sounds like something our character in the next show you want to talk about, which is Rick and Morty. Sounds is like it? something Rick would do, doesn't it?
1: Um, yeah, Rick and Two Crows! Woo! Rick and Two Crows! That's, that's, that's man, that's that's the show I want to watch. I was quite sad that that went nowhere. Like, I, I kind of wanted Rick and Two Shows to be a continuous thing. And I love the fact Rick and two that they shows. changed the Rick, Rick and Two Crows. Yeah, yeah, you can have Rick and Two Shows! I'd watch that. I'd watch that shit, man. Merchandising opportunities. Then you know how much Rick and Morty love their merchandise? That's like Mickey... Mate, I,
0: I... I've literally, I've put my notes down right from uh, from what I remembered from this season. So I watched it a little while back. And it just looking at the notes makes me laugh. I've got Space Incest Baby, Hellraiser Club with Jerry. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> Space Rick Incest
0: Baby. Of the spot. Rick Entel Friendshine of the Spotless Mort. Um, that was the Bird Person one, right? Yes. I love that love bird person. Bird person,
1: bird person. Uh,
0: and then of course, of course, the the Thanksgiving one with the turkeys can't go wrong with that. The always great Keith David as the president, and uh, you got a little uh, community uh, figure out because with it being Dan Harmon with uh, Alison Brie in it as uh, Planetina. I mean, it's just oh, it was funny, man.
1: Was that Alison Brie?
0: Yeah, hey. that was Alison Brie as Planetina.
1: I'm not gonna lie, think... the ending of this. Um, I've only watched it the once and I've not read up on it I ain't got a fucking clue what happened not, yeah, not, they... not a fucking Scooby Doo I, I ain't smart enough to follow that shit it's getting to the point, you know, the show's getting to a point where it just fuck does what it wants it could just, you I think, know. I
0: don't it, think it gets to a point, mate. I think they've done that from day one. It done, doesn't even it have
1: to make any bloody sense, or there'll be any, and there'll be fans out there like being like, "No, this is why it makes sense because this is this because temporal alliances and you've got different realities and when you put different realities on top of one reality, then they become five different things and then it's and you get the a reality fan dates sandwich for Rick and Morty. Are mm-hmm. Probably the worst thing about it. If you take well, the they are dates, now. I mean, they're going to come
0: for you now, David. They, they are now. Now insulted them,
1: slagged them off. I'll slag them off again. Fuck those guys. Because they are rude. They are obnoxious. They are the worst of humanity. The, David, the David, ultimate David, outspoken da- fan base that's out there that just takes the piss out of everything you want to say about that show. You can't be nice. Man. You can't say anything critical. And if you say anything critical, then you just don't understand it. And that's his biggest problem. And I, I, after admitting that I didn't understand that season, then the, or the, the last episode at least... Then I suppose they're correct. But David. yeah, man, Rick and J. Gross.
0: Moving on from one sci-fi show to well, another. Picard, Picard, season two. Ah, oh, bloody Picard! All right, I'm going on with Facebook,
1: Man, so let me know when you're done. Let me know. Thanks, I don't care. About Horrific. It.
0: <laughs> so I'm guessing I don't care about so... Star Trek.
1: I've never been a Star Trek person. Right. Well, luckily for
0: you, I'm going to keep. Tell this me short. why I should be a
1: Star Trek person.
0: Oh no, I haven't got time to go into that. Star Trek in a nutshell was all about, you know, social justice and uh anti-racism and um uh you know, all kind of sexual minority issues and all that kind of stuff, but decades and decades before it was kind of in the mainstream. So, you know, you look at the original series, you know, the casting of Uhuru, things like that. Uh even in the 90s, they did uh, in Star Trek Next Generation, they addressed um um trans issues in um episodes like that. And it's weird now that well, Star Trek does it now in like stuff like um, Discovery and uh, well, just I think it's just generally Discovery doing it in the minute. And people are like, "Oh, it's it's woke now." I was like, "No, Star Trek has always been ahead of the curve on that stuff. They've always used sci-fi as a way of going, look, in the future, this is yeah, how we should you've, be.'"
1: You've mentioned this previously on another podcast where they've always kind of been ahead of the curve on uh, ahead of the curve on some of the more cultural issues that are actually happening right now. that's what
0: trek is trek imagines a world where you know you don't you, you don't money's not a thing uh everyone's lives in a house you know uh you know the federation the, the ideals of the federation is like this utopia where everything's great and that our existence isn't to just work and make money our existence is to travel the the universe and seek out new life and new frontiers and everyone's equal, and is that the point it doesn't of matter it? who you. Is that what they're doing? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just they're just out there exploring shit. Have you never watched any of them, man? That's I, like
1: to be honest, I've never cared. Is is but is that okay, what they're right, out there doing? They're literally just out yeah. there to discover new worlds, new civilizations. What do they do new when frontiers. they discover a new civilization? Do they kill it? Well,
0: no, because they're the federation. They're not allowed so to. They're they not like, to they direct... don't come in there and like poke on is it. No, no, man, because they're the federation. That they go and they they make first contact and they like. Oh, They're they, better they, than England, then. That's good, mate. Um, honestly, Star Trek, that that the original series did that stuff well. The next generation did it. Look, there's always going to be like filler episodes where they there's an there's a spatial anomaly, okay, and then they get zapped somewhere and they get zapped onto a planet. I mean, look, Star Trek at its core is exactly what I've just said it is, man. And it's funny now that people moan about it being woke and all that, and I was like, Star Star Trek's always been done that. It's just because other shows are doing it now. There's another. Do you know um, how many Star Trek shows have been there? You had the next generation. Oh, uh, Sorry, you had the original series, right? Then you had the next generation. And they were all pretty much, you know, episodes of the week shows. It was, we're going to investigate this planet this week. We're going to investigate this anomaly, you know. There wasn't a lot of, it wasn't very serialized. Um, and then you I had, think- um, Star Trek started doing it when they brought in the Borg, which were like the evil cybernetic villains who would assimilate. And they were kind of awesome. They were like the main kind of bad, big bad guys for Star Trek. Uh, then you had Deep Space Spacetime, which was set on a space station, um, which was really good. And so, that this kind of, is, that- so
1: this is one of the big problems that I have with Star Trek, what you're mentioning right now. And it's one of the reasons why I don't want to get into it is because there's so much past content that it's kind of overwhelming for any to get into it.
0: Look, each season, each different show stands on its own merits, right? You can watch the others. There's a little link between all of them, right? Like some of the original cast turn up in the Next Generation, playing their characters at one point. But you wouldn't. I never watched the original show, the, like the sixties one with Shatner. I started off with Next Generation, uh, the Patrick Stewart show, when I it used to be on it like five o'clock when I got in from school, <laughs> and I'd I watch Isn't it that on, it on
1: See, I pay attention.
0: Yeah, but no, Picard is the new show they've just made with coming back yeah, to no. the role. Yeah, but after, isn't
1: like, isn't Patrick Stewart playing Picard in the Next Generation? In
0: it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and that ran for seven years, seven seasons, that did. And it was 22 episodes a season, David. And what they did is when they did launch Deep Space Nine, which was the next spin-off, it was about a space, space station, you find out that um, the guy who's the guy, the main the main guy in that show, uh, Benjamin Sisko, uh, played by Avery Brooks, who was brilliant and is not enough stuff, the commander of the space station, he, his wife was killed in an attack by the Borg, in the next generation, when um, Picard becomes a baddie for a few episodes, he becomes a robot killing machine, and then he becomes good again. And they take and they take yeah. all the robot stuff off him. The Borg And you so already, to you. and so when the the opening episode stuff, you like you have this already. You've got tension between them. But um, Deep Space Nine again ran another seven years, and what it did, it took some of the smaller characters from Next Generation, so like Worf and Chief O'Brien, and they gave them a massive uh, improved role in the new series. And but it was written by the guy mainly, and it kind of launched his career, uh, uh, Ron D Moore, who did Battlestar Galactica. So and it became more of a serial show. It wasn't just an episode of the week story. It became this great. It, there was like lots of like spy stuff in it. There was all this. They brought religion into it, and there was a You know, they brought um, so many allegories for war, and and it's kind of what he did with Battlestar Galactica when he did the remake of that. But for me, Deep Space Nine was probably the best Star Star Trek show out there, and it, it had a, such an awesome build-up to the, like there was like full-on intergalactic wars going on by like the last season, and like people thinking the main guy's the Messiah and all this kind of stuff. Um, after that, you had Star Trek Voyager, which was okay, started well and then got a bit pants, and I actually checked out on that. That was a ship. Get, the, there was one of the ships, and they get uh, they something warp them to not, um,
1: uh, Neil. Can I stop you right here?
0: Yeah, I'm not going to get through got all the to a shows point I think.
1: with. With this, <laughs> Where?
0: this Where? was our Star Trek talk anyway. I, so, let yeah. me, let me, yeah, okay, I'll quickly move on to Picard. So, right, if you are a Star Trek fan, which many of you are, unlike David, who's a heathen, Picard season two seems like a Star Trek greatest Tits compilation of past glories. Uh, so David, do you think I'm gonna like this show? Do you think I'm a fan of it?
1: Yeah, I do. I think you're a fan of it, and do you know why? I, I, I reckon why? I know exactly why you are.
0: Why, because Patrick Stewart's can... balls.
1: I, oh, fucking.
0: I beat you to yeah. the joke, didn't I? Oh, yes. Yeah. yes.
1: Fuck.
0: <laughs> I, I identify with Jean Luc. Uh, actually, no. Um, do you know what? It's perfectly fine. But here's the problem, David. The whole show is based on past glories. Oh, here's Q. Oh, here's the ball Queen albeit it's played by another actress. Oh, did you like the Star Trek The Voyage Home movie in the 80s? Well, we're going to come back to that time period and bring in some of the actors to that. Do you know the film with the dolphins? Yeah, they did a film where they came back in time to save the dolphins, David. It wasn't very good. Um, well, you didn't want that. Why do dolphins doing it anyway.
1: need saving?
0: I don't know, because if dolphins like, died... it dodos? Dodos Because uh, obviously They're a thing. Look, they did a film about saving dolphins and Spock put out a punk rocker with this Vulcan nerf brinch on a, on a bus in San Francisco. Look... And there's all these alternate realities and parallel universes. And they're all here in this one giant smorgasbord. Now, the problem is, David, they're not doing anything original in this show. It's just everything we've seen before. And it's almost like ticking off all the greatest hits. And the real obvious problem I've noticed with this year is Patrick Stewart's age, man. I mean, how old is the guy? Isn't he 81 or 82? He's really, he's getting on in the years now. Is he really so he that old? He's that old, man. 81? He's definitely that old. No. I'm fairly certain. Not I'm not 100. percent Go and Google it quickly. Pat but Rick Stewart. Well, you Google it, I will just say because of his age, he can't do all the running and the shooting, and the action like he used to. So and he just a lot of these scenes, he's just standing there looking what, really old. i to
1: you, mate. Bang on. 81.
0: 81. Oh, ah, yeah. okay. yes. But yeah. So look, he just looks a bit too old for it now, which is a shame to show. It. It's a shame to. But he'll he'll be fine if. Uh, doing the odd cameo in some Marvel stuff come on! But let the guy relax, man. He shouldn't be doing a full series at his age, man. He looks like he'd rather be curled up with a nice Earl Grey tea. So, like, I'm enjoying it enough, but I don't really think we need a second series of the show uh, after the first series. I feel like last season was good enough to just, hey, remember this character? Here's the end of his story. Great. And... We're just getting a rose-tinted greatest Tits package so far. And the new cast in it, none of them are really memorable. The only one that really stands out to me is Alison Pill as a Dr. Jurati, and that's because she gets all the best lines. And i quite happily see her in other shows. But for me, it's quite normal middle of the wreck, middle of the wreck, middle of the trek, middle of the road trek. Mm -hmm. And now, quickly, on to movies, David. I
1: I always get Patrick Stewart and um, Ben King. Patrick Wilson no okay. ben kingsley mixed up sometimes in my head but you know when you randomly get two actors mixed up that they're, they're, they're the other two it's not but you know what it probably is because they're both bald i
0: know it is yeah right so moving on to movies david i'm first up so a few weeks ago i um i went and saw a film that was completely unknown to me i'd seen batman two weeks in a row And there was literally nothing else out on a Friday night. And I was about to go and see Batman for a third time when, amazingly, my local world of cine had some new horror film called X playing. And it was on once on a late night showing on a Friday. Was it really only shows
1: once? Because I tried to see it and I couldn't find it. And is that the reason why?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. One screening. I think it was on for a week, but only one screening. Uh, And it was a late one. So, you know, way past your bedtime. I do Um,
1: like my bedtime.
0: Knowing absolutely nothing about the film, David, I booked my ticket. I didn't look up the film online. I didn't look at any reviews. I did not even watch the trailer for this. And you know what a great idea that is to go do before you go and see a film? I, all I knew was that it was directed by a guy called Ty West, who's made a couple of horror films that I also haven't seen. But everyone seemed to say that what he did um one called House of the Devil a few years ago. That House was of the Devil, brilliant. yeah. You, have you seen it?
1: uh no i'm i'm looking at it right now that's okay. why i knew that so, i
0: wanted to sound knowledgeable okay and she did briefly till you tell me that
1: so <laughs> x sorry i have seen some other films that he's done though so he was vhs in v- vhs i've seen the abc's of death i've seen unfortunately because that was awful uh although okay. the m i think miscarriage was quite a memorable one i do think it was and i've seen scream the tv series which he directed one episode of Okay, well. I think that's
0: it. Well, going from M, let's talk about X. So X is about a group of youngsters, mostly youngsters, who rent a farmhouse in rural Texas in 1979, and they're there, David, to make an RT porno film called "The Farmer's Daughter." Uh, That's
1: why they're there. They're there to make porn.
0: Yep, 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 yep. And so, the um, the main children dirty bastard and dirty, dirty. one of your main characters is played by martin henderson and he's Did the kind of older let me go through it stop interrupting so martin henderson is the older guy wayne gilroy and he's a day di- and he's um kind of like the producer and the boyfriend of the young starlet maxine minx and she's played by uh a, an actress called mia goth so i mean i'm not quite sure what she's the made-up name there uh is she the, main the film... woman in the poster she's the main well there's Everyone gets their own character poster, so it's either her you've oh, seen, okay. or it's also got pitch-perfect Brittany Snow in it and a very different role, playing experienced porn star Bobby Lynn. And it's also got current Scream Queen, Jenna Ortega, from Screen 5 in it, David. I still haven't seen and she that. Play- oh, well, then she's I in I know. It. There's no excuse for it's me. Te- really, just in general, there's no excuse. And uh, she plays Lorraine, the boom operator. And you've also got Kid Cudi playing Jackson Hole who is the main male talent for the film, and you've got Owen Campbell as RJ, who's it's funny, he's like the geeky little film director kid, and he wants to like make this film as his start to get into the proper film industry.
1: Wait, wait the porn star's called Jackson Hole.
0: Jackson Hole, yeah. I like it. It's, good, it's a good name. Um, obviously, the shady Wayne, he doesn't tell the old couple who they're renting the barn off what they're going to be doing there. And when the film starts... It's kind of like a flashback forward thing. So it's the police investigating this house and there's just sheets covering up bodies everywhere. So we already know before the film starts, everything is going to turn to shit because then it says yesterday. So all this happens in one night. Now, David, this is truly an excellent, excellent. It's one of the best horror slasher films I've seen in years. First of all, in this type of film, all the characters are really likeable. You don't want to see them die for a change. Um, Some of the kills are so expertly directed that it literally made me jump out of my seat in the cinema three times. And the more you learn about the old couple who own the farm, they get such a good, great backstory. And you get some really creepy scenes. And some of the creepiest bits in the film are not involving gore or murder. It's other stuff, man. It's other stuff. Uh, Without any spoilers, I will say once you've seen this film... Don't do it now. Wait until you've seen it. And then go and Google who plays the old lady who's called Pearl. Because she is amazing. You're Googling, aren't you, David? Are I was already
1: it? on it. I was already on the IMDB page. Although the, she's not there. She's not on like okay. the list of like main ones. So that's good.
0: That's good. Well... After seeing the film and like reading up on it, I then found out that we're getting a prequel film called Pearl about the old lady when she's younger, and that was shot at exactly the same time as this film. Honestly, mate, the look and feel of this film is more Texas Chainsaw Massacre than the recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, uh, despite having no chainsaws in it. And obviously not being filmed in Texas. It's funny actually, right? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre new film on Netflix. It's generally had mixed reviews, but generally negative. It, it, to... it
1: looks, it looks like to me, a combination of Texas Chainsaw and Friday the 13th, the first.
0: No mate, it is a combination of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Boogie Nights. Boogie you take okay. that sort of set. Si- yeah. That's, that's how I'd sum it up, man. And like I said, I just like all the characters in it. Like none of them are real dick. Like it's just really entertaining. And you get such a good background to the old couple. There's a bit that reminds me of Jaws in it. That's done really well. There's a great lake scene. That's awesome. There's so many good set pieces in it. Um, And also, uh, funnily enough, like I said, we give Texas Chainsaw Massacre shit for not filming in Texas. It was filmed in Bulgaria, the new one. Well, this was filmed in New Zealand (laughs) and uh, not Texas. Come on, Texas is massive, man. Why can't you film there? If you're going to set a film there, I guess it costs (laughs) too much money or something. But um, uh, yeah, have a have a look online. I've put them up. No, uh, I do want to watch put, this film. This is on my list. It's on. A, it's it's very a, it's very good.
1: One, it's very high on my list. Actually.
0: Check out even the poster, mate. Is brilliant. The poster. The watch film's it. called I'll X it now, right? with the with the legs crossed. It's so good, and it makes an X. Yep, that's what legs do. That low angle shot of the house. That is just one of the iconic shots from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So there's so many. Is there some like Ed Gein references? Well, no, because it's a different type of story. It, okay. it, that's what I like is you think, okay, he's going to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's no chainsaws, but there is a massacre. Have you
1: have you played um, Resident Evil Biohazard? Uh, is that the one where you got to escape
0: the house? Uh, yeah. I played a little bit of it and it kept scaring me and then I stopped.
1: Uh, fair enough. It's It's really good. Is it? Is it similar to that?
0: No, because it doesn't all take place in a house. It takes place over, in and around the one location. So the, it's on the farm, around the farmland, in the barn, in the house. Uh, it's just... It's really good, man. I, I'm, I'm really. This will be my favorite. Uh, it'll take a lot for this to displace, to be displaced as one of my favorite horror films of the year, man. Uh, if I had to give it a rating, which I've just decided I'm going to, I'm not going to give it an Ando's rating. I'm going to give it oh, a. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, well that's good. I, that's good. Well, no spicy? What spicy? Come on, we were going off the spicy theme. You got to give it something. Buffalo. Uh,
0: as we're in Texas, not very
1: spicy is it? Buffalo? Isn't yes. That, like buff- really mild.
0: No. David, Isn't it? You know nothing know about spice, sp- man. You, you you do not know spice. Okay. Oh, well, it's Go like a-
1: go like off a curry. Is it like a what we're we talking about? Dal We're talking like a. Oh no, like it's like a vindaloo. A vindaloo. You like I have vindaloo? Okay, nice.
0: Yeah. Right. So after um whole scale slaughter, David, I think we can go to another film with well, wholesale slaughter. You going to tell us about West Side Story?
1: Am I oh, okay? Um, I can do that quickly. Sure.
0: Uh, Very quickly, yes, yeah, quick.
1: Oh, blimey, quickly! Hang on, you weren't quick with X. You was you took your time. No, alright, okay. So I, so okay, with West Side Story, I had not seen uh, <laughs> the original film. I have not seen the stage show. I knew jack shit about West Side Story going into it, aside from the fact that it was a <laughs> musical and directed by Steven Spielberg. And then I watched it. I, you know, going into it, I thought it was a feel-good film. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was a happy. Lovely, just you know, bunch of people in New York going around singing about stuff. You know, I thought there'd be the interracial, like the racial uh, difficulties that's like present. That I thought you get from the from the trailer, but that's kind of what I thought it was about. And then um, <laughs> it was it was not Neil. It it, it was not a feel good film. It was it was it was quite depressing. Inf- people die, Neil. And the, these are these are children. What are they dying for? They're kids. What are they what they what they fighting about? What are they fighting about, Neil? Turf of like a shithole. That's like that's like people in Dover being like, "Hey, man, this is Dover. This is my turf. I don't want to leave Dover." It it doesn't. What what? That Said no worth one. Dying. That ain't worth dying over, man. It, Dover ain't Dover ain't you know Richmond. It's not. It's not a nice place. <laughs> it doesn't. It it doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, I, that's that. Anyway, so I watched it. Um... <laughs>
0: And it, it was, clearly made an emotional impact on you.
1: Well, it did, because well, I watched it. And then, I was, you know, one of those films where you kind of just sit in silence for a while. And it was just like, that was not what I expected. It was, uh, <laughs> it was depressing. It was obviously based but, off Romeo and Juliet. But, I mean, I, 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 I kind of got right? that it was based off Romeo and Juliet from the first
0: i'd say 10 minutes of the film and you didn't know how and you you were still shocked by the ending <laughs>
1: well i wasn't i don't know i, I kind of was because i felt i felt like it wouldn't be the exact same story i felt like they i guess they did twist it a little bit in the fact that she survived but um i thought Toilers. they twist it and say um sorry i thought they twist it and be like well they you know, they and all they live just, happily ever after, into, like with an alternate ending. Yeah, where it's like nice and happy, and these two lovebirds that are intertwined lovers, um, star-crossed lovers, whatever, are um, going to be nice and happy together. But that was—it was a fucking musical. Of course, I thought it was going to be a happy ending. Uh, it was not <laughs> a happy ending, and some of the performances were great. The direction was okay. I didn't think it was a most memorable Spielberg-esque direction. You know, it's not something that I'm going to think of a Spielberg film, I'm not going to think West Side Story. It was enjoyable. I wouldn't be rushing to watch it again. Aside from, you know, I could run through the basic story of it, but I've already said that it's Romeo and Juliet. Everyone fucking knows Romeo and Juliet. Except um, you, apparently. The actress. The <laughs> sub- okay, so the acting in it. Baby Driver. The guy from Baby Driver. Um, I forgot right. his name.
0: Ansel Engel. Engel. Yes, that's Engel.
1: it. Ansel Engel. Thank you. He plays Tony, and you've got Rachel Zelga. Um, Zegler. Zegler, thank you, who plays Maria. Uh, who's who's going to be the next uh, Snow White, I believe. So that was interesting. Yep. And controversial casting because she's not got skin made of white, but people, I suppose, have problems. Um but the best supporting actress win for uh, uh Ari- yep. Adriana W Ar- 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 Ari- Ariana Ariana Adriana Ariana Ariana I can't say names man names are hard names
0: I mean the good hard. thing is we it's, we know it's um, not you just being unprepared it's just can't say anything can I you? can't
1: it's dyslexia for you man it's, it's Words. Are you actually uh, dyslexic or you...
0: No I am yeah 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 <laughs> um, oh, Uh okay fair enough oh, I the... can't, can't make fun about your medical condition
1: no, man, you'll get slapped. Natasha will come around <laughs> and slap you.
0: I reverse Will Smith.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what? When I was watching it, I kind of felt like it would be... It, how lovely would it be if this was actually real life? In some cases, where people would just spontaneously burst ending. out into dance and song. And, you know, like if you were going to a fight and all of a sudden you were doing choreographed dancing. Like, <laughs> in, in this fight.
0: <laughs> they um they did a riff of it in our Flight of the Conchords episode, didn't they? That would be so... Uh, which so was really good. Beautiful.
1: But uh, yeah, I didn't. I I not a big fan.
0: Okay, so average from you, David, on the curry yeah, scale, average. what would you give it? On the hotter, uh, better, the... Milder, 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 worse. Oh,
1: uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a balty.
0: Well, okay, so cold. Well, it way no way spicy.
1: It weren't no, um, you know, whatever the chicken one's called, battered chicken or buttered okay. chicken or whatever.
0: Well, 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 David. After the end of Westworld, story, you
1: know, it wasn't a korma. It was a it was a balty. Yeah.
0: You should be. You should be. You should be put in a coma.
1: Although I'm surprised at the general overview of like how many people enjoyed it. it like the, its general reception's been really good. Like a lot of people are giving it ten stars.
0: I mean, I don't know why not that many people because the, the system generally is five. Anyway, David, after the end of West Side Story, do you think any of those characters could do with an ambulance? Um,
1: yeah, like quite a few
0: of them. Half of them end up dead. <laughs> Well, it's funny because exactly what I'm going to talk about next, which is ambulance, loud noises, explosions, creepy camera work on women, no idea how to edit action scenes. Yep, I can only be talking about the one and only Michael Bay and his new film, *Ambulance*. And do you know what, is isn't
1: that his like one thing? Action scenes, isn't that the one thing that he can do? Like, okay, no,
0: have you seen the recent Transformers films? He can't yeah. edit them, man. It just but they just go on and on. He's you know, not like the he, editor, an action though. scene. No, but he's the director, so it's his, yeah, he's yeah. the one saying to the director, "No, keep stuff smashing for an hour." Like <laughs> lo- honestly, you—that's like, the just, one thing no he's editing. got is action sequences. Well, he, that, what I will say, David, with this film, he's grown as a filmmaker. There is oh, no—don't give me that shit. Only slightly, only slightly. Yes, he has. This film was not abjectly terrible, right? There is no dodgy porno camera work on our lead actress. Uh, Aya Gonzalez from Baby Driver. She actually just oh, gets well, Baby to be Driver as
1: well. Yeah, nice Baby uh, Driver links. In.
0: Yep, she just um, gets to be a regular paramedic in regular paramedic clothing. I would say actually, it's easily the best thing he's done since his mid nineties heyday of films like Con Air, The Rock, and Armageddon, and of course your favorite Pearl Harbor. Now that's not to Why, say wait, it's a wait, good wait, film. Wait, what?
1: Why did you say my favorite was Pearl Harbor?
0: Because you went on about Pearl Harbor a few weeks back in a previous pod. Yeah. I, mean, this... I
1: don't. I do quite like Pearl Harbor. Yes. I feel like it was. Uh, I don't David, remember this saying bit... any of this to you.
0: I mean, um, if you go back and listen to our podcasts,
1: man, who listens which to we... our podcast? Nowhere. Some people. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, anyway, look, look. Just to say, this I is. Th- the I best certainly done... don't
1: listen to it back. Do I know that's why I edit them.
0: I know because I have to edit them all you now. Edit the... yeah. because yeah, yeah, you were leaving in too many burps, farts, and other strange body noises.
1: I like the farts, man. There's some of the comedy.
0: Also, there? there would be a million ums, uhs, ums, mm, you know, like you knows in there as well. So trust us, listener, you don't want to hear uh,
1: it. I don't think anyone says that. Just
0: because this is the best film Bay's done in a while doesn't mean it's a good film, because it's not. But as it's a remake of a Danish film from a few years ago, thankfully, it's not an original idea of his, like the atrocious Pain and Gain from a few years back. So, yeah, the Danish film based to the same name, and it came out in 2005. So, Ambulance is a story of two stepbrothers, Will and Danny Sharp, played by Morpheus II himself, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II and Jake Gyllenhaal. Mateen II's character, Will, is an ex-marine and he needs money for his sick wife, David. And Danny is in trouble and he's involved with all kinds of illegal shit. So Danny persuades him to help him out on one last job and that turns into an absolutely massive clusterfuck of a bank robbery gone wrong in which Will shoots a cop And then the brothers, would you believe it, they end up seeing an ambulance with the same shot cop in it. And then essentially the film's speed for most of the rest of the time. where they try and keep the cop alive. Well, dodging helicopters and explosions and cars and snipers with the kidnapped paramedic in the van as well, played by Aya Gonzalez. So look, you know, this is a Michael Bay film, which means take some earplugs to stop damage to your ears. And remember that once the chase scene starts, that's it for the whole movie. Because the man has no idea of pacing or editing in his action.
1: <laughs> but once the once the chase scene starts, you might as well go home. <laughs> that's the <that's, Yeah>. yeah.
0: <laughs> pros. Jake Gillenhall is clearly in on the joke that this film is, and he is channeling his very best Nicolas Cage mid-nineties here. He's just shouting all the time. He's very quiet. You're like, someone will ask him like a regular question, a normal voice, and he'll just turn around with crazy eyes and shout at them, even when it's not needed. <laughs> Um, It's almost like they let him improvise his lines Because they really make sense in the context of the scene And it's just like random yells The stuff he comes out with I noted down a few of the highlights man There's a bit where his sweater he's wearing Gets covered in dust And he just turns to someone, points a gun in their face And yells, that was fucking cashmere I mean, I laughed loads I'd at that man I'd
1: be pissed off if a cashmere sweater Do you know how much that costs?
0: Okay Jake, okay Jake Calm Do down. you Don't know how bye-bye. much
1: a cashmere sweater's shot? Do you? Don't care. Just to say, oh, well, this is cashmere.
0: Okay, so you're on Gyllenhaal's side. You're on the bug-eyed maniac side in this one.
1: Well, if it got dirty, yeah.
0: Well, at one point, they have to try and slow the ambulance because they need they need to do an operation on the cop. And the, the paramedic's like, you need to slow down. I'm trying to save his life. And he just turns around and yells in the face, well, I've got herpes, so we don't always get what we want, or something to that effect. Like, what has that got to do with anything in the scene? Um, I will give it. Here's a pro and a con in one here, David. Right? bay has discovered drones now when you see <laughs> drones in movies <laughs> bay, bay has discovered drones honestly he has now but most drone work in films right they're for like you know big establishing shots setting the scene of a location no michael bay wants to see how fast they can go whoosh zoom whoom you know i i i i love to know how many drones died making this film david because he does shots where clearly there's no way a drone's going to come up and re-get get in the air again. They, oh, they'll just like fall off a... Died. They, they'll just fall off a building, right? They'll be going along the top and they'll just fall down the side of a building. Should
1: it be one of those disclaimers at the end of a film? Like, no, no drones were hurt in the making of No animals were hurt during the making of this film,
0: but Michael Bay murdered 2,000 drones. There's like, like so many action scenes though I will say the the drone work is really groundbreaking because they're going so fast around um, like the ambulance and there's, there's a shot where they're running and like a drone goes beneath someone's feet and goes round. I was like, why would you ever think to use that in that way, right? So I'll give them credit for it. There are some interesting shots that I would never in a million years think. Oh yeah, you're gonna use a drone that way. There, there's a there's a scene early on, right, when uh, the brother uh is trying to convince his other his brother to do the job with him, and he's he's you know he's shouting at him. You need to do this now. Think of your wife. Think of your family. And to emphasise the the drama of the scene. It's filmed on two drones, constantly circling the two of them. I was almost getting dizzy watching it, man. I was just like, oh, my God. This is such overkill for just a conversation scene. Um,
1: you know, How is Ambulance done on a uh,
0: box office? Not very well. Mate, it's not done. Ever- when I was in there, um, there was, I think, nine people on the opening weekend of it. I think it cost, for Michael Bay, though, I think it was relatively cheap. I think it cost. Uh, I want to say like forty, fifty million. Yeah, not bad going. Um,
1: and he, I think his, it took his, about. Yeah, his appeal as a director's uh, kind of.
0: What what appeal as a director
1: disappeared altogether?
0: Yeah. Look, his peak was the nineties, man. And now mm. it's, and we're a long way away away from that now.
1: What Was his last decent one the Island? Was that Michael Bay? No, I think it
0: was. That wasn't that. Uh, that was passable. Maybe the first Transformers movie, maybe. The last two or three Transformers films have been utter unwatchable garbage. Like, I just, think I stopped just... after like the second the or third one. one. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, Revenge I mean, of the what, Fallen. I, I think is the last one I watched. I mean, did you get to the one where they're in medieval times with King Arthur and the knights and Stanley Tucci's in it playing a drunk Merlin, and then suddenly uh, there's King Arthur and Dino, Dynobo- but mate, it, what the it was. Clearly, they were doing a lot of coke. that! They were clearly doing a lot of cocaine on the writers for that film. Yeah, do you know what, man? This is a simple way to spend two hours, and it wasn't as bad as before. I thought. I just think Guillain-Hul helps, right? You never get a bad performance from Guillain-Hul. and in this one, he's just decided he's going to beat Nick Cage from Nick Cage in the nineties. So uh, I think we're on to our last film of the uh, podcast, David. Oh, thank God, right. it's gone on a while, man. Whew. You're so enthusiastic. You're so enthusiastic, David. Like you just <laughs> give our listeners what they want. When you cannot be bothered to, you know, hey, dear muster listener, excitement. If you're still here, bravo to you. Bravo. I mean, this is only... A,
1: There's dude, just this one is left. Just under- What's left? What's coming? What's coming? The
0: Lost City.
1: Oh, this is a nice one. Okay.
0: I'm going to tell my yeah. partner to start dinner, though. Mate, whenever I do a podcast, I make sure I have quiche and salad, so it's cold. So I don't have to worry. That's planning. That's commitment. I'm having That's curry. Quiche talking about i'm on theme with the day i know about i say we invented the curry scale and we just as we quickly invented it we retired it in the same podcast so let's keep going so uh the lost city starring channing tatum and sandra bullock and everyone's like oh this looks like romancing the stone that film from the 80s that you haven't seen day because you weren't born but
1: um i i told you i have *Romancing the stone on dvd yeah you I have, have, the, have it
0: there's three of them right it's a trilogy you, no there's no, two, it's two oh, okay jewel of the Nile* and romancing stone and uh, you haven't watched it yet uh, no, you- no, 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 no. Because I got it
1: from a dodgy, you know, I got it from that bloke that came around that was like a dodgy DVD salesman. And um, I bought it off of him. Uh, when well, my dad did, I was like, I don't know, like 10. And it's always just been there, like in in the, uh, on the shelf. and I never- Well,
0: much like, um, in some ways, always been there, Sandra Bullock. Because it's funny, she's had a really good career, if you think about it. I mean, she's- didn't she win the Oscar for The Blind Side?
1: Yeah, she was good in it.
0: And, yeah, now... Um,
1: oh. Michael Moore's... I don't know. No, not Michael Moore. That's the uh, director. Michael um, Moore, Michael Orr. Yeah, Michael
0: Orr fe- or? or. yeah, or is That doesn't matter mum. in comparison to what I'm talking about in this film, though, does it? Okay, sorry. Now, when she started, I think her earlier films like, you know, was Speed and Demolition Man. And, you know, then she kind of got in... She was kind of doing her action comedy roles, wasn't she? You know? Uh, then she moved into her rom-com period, you know? She was a romantic comedy girl then for... A good decade. And then she started doing serious drama, like The Blind Side and Gravity. Then she moved a bit into... Her- and it's funny, when you watch this film, David, you're like, there's Miss Congeniality, Sandra Bullock, because she's doing loads of really good, funny, physical comedy. And do you know what's the biggest surprise I found in this film, David? That Sandra is Bullock funny? is... F- oh, no, no, I expected it to be funny. Oh. Um, Sandra Bullock is 56, Channing Tatum is 41.
1: Sandra Bullock's nearly 60.
0: Yes. Fucking
1: bravo. I need to get her moisturizer. Wow. She's doing well with
0: herself. And I was exactly, man. I was like, well, how many times do you see this type of film where the male actor is 20 years older than the female love interest? And in this film, (laughs) it's the other way around. She's 16 years older than Tatum. And yeah, yeah, you look yeah. At her, and I was, I was watching it when I googled it. I was like, I was continually impressed when I was watching. Her, I was like, she looks great for fifty-six, man. She looks weird You would, you could easily, you would not know. She looks younger so than you she, are. Mate, most people look younger, anyway. <laughs> I, I, I had hair before I started doing this podcast with you, man. Just she stress. looks about like my age,
1: you know. No, she, she, if you was to, if you, if you would ask me how old I thought Sandra Bullock was, I'd have probably said like forty something. Yeah, I
0: probably yeah, said yeah, like
1: forty. No. I probably said forty-four, maybe mid forties but
0: mid to early. As we know, the basic setup for the film. I mean, if you've seen the trailer, if you've seen the trailer. Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So you've seen the whole film. You've seen the whole
0: film. Right. There is nothing surprising about this at all. But I mean, there's no, you know, it goes, it does exactly what you want, but they're really funny, man. They've got really good chemistry. They bounce off each other really well. I I love the fact that we did that. We did debate this fact with uh, Charlie Gagger in the office when we were talking the other day, That book cover model. You do not do a book tour with a cover model. That's something that doesn't, that's not a real thing. (laughs) Hey man, (laughs) if he has a
1: sexy ass cover model that's famous for being a cover model, like Mr. Channing Tatum is, if Channing Tatum is Charlie's cover model, you bet your ass, if he's he's a key selling point man, that man's sexy, you bring him with you. If he's the key point, because what she's done is she's put a face to her protagonist and that's why you need to bring him (laughs) along with you. Because he's he's like your your protagonist.
0: But getting back to the film on the plot, which All is right, fairly sorry. simple, is, is that she's a she's she's been writing these books for years, and he's arguably the bigger star than her. And he's a bit of a doofus. Like he's a nice guy, but he's a doofus. Like you know, he, he's 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 not winning any brain awards anytime soon. And. Um, isn't that like basically Channing Tatum in everything? Pretty much, yeah. It's just it's it's, it's just his twenty one jokes. He's been quite cast, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> like in, in a lot yeah. of
1: ways.
0: At, at, at a reception for one of the books, uh, she's she's a uh, she's basically kidnapped by Daniel Radcliffe, who's the villain because one he kidnaps her and two he's English in this film, and he reckons that she, there is actually a lost city of D. Yes, there are loads of lost city of D jokes made. Literally, someone yells out, "It's his dick!" at one point as well. Uh, and he's like, no, no, I think you're actually onto something. I reckon that there is an actual thing and you're going to take me to show it. I mean, how an author researching something, why you wouldn't just kidnap an actual archaeologist or, uh, you know, someone not, why would you kidnap a fiction author writing about a fictional thing, but you know, bar that glaring plot hole. And then we're off and Tatum's like, I need to go and save her. But first this is good. This is, this is a, only a minor, a minor spoiler, um, because you see in the trailer Brad Pitt rocks up in a trailer and I was like oh well, when is this happen so he calls Brad Pitt up to like go and help him out so like <laughs> Brad Pitt is brilliant in this man as well Brad Pitt is awesome why are you so handsome my dad was a weather man i mean that's that's better than nice to your jokes david
1: i don't even get that
0: generally weather people have to be attractive to be on tv right do they how many have you seen some how many weather people well, I don't really. How many Do you people know the, the you, you know
1: the famous clip of that bloke that's like, it's not going to be. There's not going to be a storm tonight. That happened in like the 80s. You can't tell me he's good looking. Well, Michael Fish. Was that his name? I don't
0: know. It It was. You look, okay. He was just going but Mate, he was just going by the information he was given, okay? And he was given the wrong information. Well, <coughs> still. Hashtag you, not my you, fish.
1: You, you're going. Yeah, but we're not talking about the information that he was given. We're talking about. Okay, okay, okay and he David, was not good looking Google, this isn't Mexican weather man
0: it's not Yannick Garcia is what you're mm. saying do you know who Yannick Garcia is uh,
1: is she the Mexican weather lady
0: yes she is yeah, um, yeah look look. so yeah there's that man look it's, it's a funny joke okay and that is because of the pre- you've ruined it David you've ruined it so much we ended up talking about Michael Fish and Hurricanes in England god damn it god damn it to hell well as you can tell dear listeners if you're still with us it's, it's basically falling apart here today so um I think we, I think we've reached. I think we've crawled over the uh, the finish line of the pod and crawled over broken glass and landmines to get here. And I, I think we're done. Do you think we're done, David? We did it. We're there, Rob. Give yourself a pat
1: on the back, man. What is that? that we're, we're we're coming up to in terms of recording time, anyway. We're over two hours, two hours and five minutes.
0: And I, I, I think the only way I can finish this pod, David, is by saying what um, your favourite new MCU show says last night. Lighters, Gators. We needed road.